would face a penalty of £10,000, up from 2500 For the first time, magistrates will be allowed to impose unlimited fines for the most serious offences, like drink driving. A Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission. The council doesn't allow the planting of shrubs, roses flower or flowers on graves at Kempston Cemetery, but Joanna says the rules are not being applied fairly. There is a few graves here where they have flowers planted on and vases and uh, personal items uh, which isn't fair it looks like the rules don't apply to everyone Firefighters put a 100-metre evacuation zone in place in a Bedfordshire village yesterday afternoon after a gas leak caused by someone mowing a grass verge. Fire crews and gas board officials were called to, called to Bedford Road in Milton Ernest at around 4.20. Two people were taken to hospital after a flat fire in Royston yesterday evening. Both were suffering from smoke inhalation. Crews were called to Shakespeare just after 6.30. A Bedfordshire councillor says he changed his mind about taking legal action over a controversial house extension in barton le clay after the story was discussed on BBC Three Counties. A planning inspector had rejected an enforcement notice for the seven-bedroom home because it was described as new instead of extended. Central Beds Councillor Nigel Young said they originally decided not to continue the fight but changed their minds. I reflected on that and I reflected on how upset the residents of Barton are about this home and uh, consulted our legal officers and we decided we would launch a challenge with the High Court, which we've done. In sport, corruption allegations surrounding the 2022 World Cup in Qatar will be discussed at the FIFA Congress in the Brazilian city of Sao Paulo this afternoon. The annual meeting has been overshadowed by claims of bribes being paid to win support for the country's bid. The weather dry and sunny, feeling fresher and less humid. A maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport on Online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Playing fields are really good for children. It's just a nice change from going into the big cities. And all this week, we're featuring Abbots Langley. I think Abbots Langley's very nice. Very nice. You've got the local flower society, the horticultural society, the football clubs, cricket team. It's all about where you live. Lovely environment and great people. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! (laughs) That was nice. That was nice. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Look at that, it's nearly four minutes past six already. The show's literally flying by. Let's let's get some content, shall we? Coming up, Ofsted slams Islamic school in Luton. A widow hits back after grave clearance in Kempston. And a Wally surprises coppers after a drunken night out in Hatfield. His drunken night, not the coppers. That would be inappropriate, for goodness sakes. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Paul Scoynes is here to talk about something very serious, but before that, have you heard of the Beatles? They did that song, I Am The Walrus. Uh, yeah. Yeah? I like their number nine song. Should we have it? (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking through you, where did you go? Looking through you, you're not the same. 
Morning. Oh, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Now, an independent Islamic school in Luton has been criticised in a damning Ofsted report into the way it teaches children. The teaching at the Olive Tree Primary School fails to present balanced views of the world, according to the report. Well, our political reporter Paul Scoynes has got more on this. The report was published yesterday. Paul, what does it say? Well, it's uh, this is the school in Luton, which is for uh, five to eleven-year-olds. In there are sixty-five pupils or so. Um, the Ofsted report says it is inadequate, and uh, it goes through a, a list of areas which it says uh, are problematic. It says that the pupils' contact in school with people from different cultures, faiths, and traditions is too limited in order to promote tolerance and respect for those views. Um, some books in the children's library promote fundamentalist views, which don't support the people's development for life in modern Britain. Fairly damning uh, uh, comments. Uh, They also said that some of the views promoted by these books uh, for example about stoning and lashing as appropriate punishments uh, have no place in British society and also that the, bo- the books in the library just weren't wide enough, they didn't have enough uh, content about the world's major religions, there was also uh, concerns about the wider curriculum um, this is a school which has been inspected by Ofsted in, I think it was in 2005, the last inspection by a, a government sort of body was in 2012 by a group called the Bridge Inspection now, they inspect face schools. Mm. And back then, they said, there have been fewer planned activities to raise awareness and celebrate the diversity, either in school or in Britain today. So these issues, you could argue, have been known about for a couple of years. What does the school say in response? Well, it absolutely denies uh, that it is uh, uh, any of those things and, and says it's going to take legal action. The chair of governors, Farisat Latif, who spoke to you on this programme, said that we reject the findings of the report. Ofsted came to the school, they say, looking for problems of extremism and intolerance they didn't find any they say the inspection was half-baked and abandoned halfway through now we understand that it was abandoned halfway through because the parents and governors told the Ofsted inspectors to leave having uh, asked questions of the children about homosexuality now this was his reaction to the report speaking to Look East we completely reject it we believe it's actually an Islamophobic report based upon a right-wing extremist, Michael Gove, whose ignorance of Islam is matched only by his hostility. So there is no need, as far as you're concerned, to, to look at what Ofsted say and, and address the, no, the findings um, in the report? We, we, we totally reject the report and we're taking legal advice about our next action. Yeah, what, what do you think that next action could be? It may be a judicial review, but we're still waiting for uh, legal counsel. Now, speaking to Lugis, because they refuse to speak to BBC Three Counties Radio. Why is that? Because they didn't like the line of questioning. That was the gentleman I spoke to before, was it? He didn't like the line of questioning? No, absolutely not. Okay, gosh. So, um, what he also said was that the Bible, uh, which is also in the school library, mentions equally strong punishments. Yeah, I know, he 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 was desperate to get that point home last time, although I didn't quite see the relevance. What did the authorities say? Well, Ofsted, we asked to speak to Ofsted today, Ian, and uh, they've told us that they won't be commenting as the report speaks for itself. Now, the Department for Education says that all schools, including the Olive Tree Primary, must promote tolerance and harmony between different cultures. We asked Ofsted, they say, to carry out an inspection at Olive Tree, and they found they are not meeting this requirement. We now require the school to produce an action plan to address these issues and ensure it meets the independent school's standards. And they say they will monitor progress closely and as they have repeatedly demonstrated in all types of school, will not hesitate to take tough action if required. Now, my understanding is what that means is that um, ultimately 
because they, it, this is this is an inadequate school according to Ofsted. If that was a state school, then that would be placed in special measures. Right. Now they would have their governors taken over. If if the if the government decide that this school isn't making the progress that it wants it to, then they can do exactly the same. Michael Gove, this has been a big story because there's obviously there are things happening in Birmingham as well. Michael Gove has been talking about extremism in schools, hasn't he? Indeed, and uh, Ofsted said the report, the fact that the report was released on the same day as those schools in Birmingham, uh, which were all you know uh, five were r- ruled inadequate and and placed in special measures, they said that was entirely coincidental and no significance should be drawn from the timing uh, and indeed that's something that you'll later hear the local MP Gavin Shuker is very worried about. Now speaking in the Commons the Education Secretary said action needed to be taken to tackle extremist views being taught to children. Things that should not have happened in our schools were allowed to happen. Our children were exposed to things they should not have been exposed to. Schools that are proven to have failed will be taken over, put under new leadership and taken in a fresh new direction. And we will put the promotion of British values at the heart of what every school has to deliver for children. What we have found was unacceptable, and we will put it right. Farah Sat-Latif can um, give this show a call any time he wants. I know he came on before, and I, I just think if you believe so passionately that what you're doing is right then why would you be uncomfortable defending it? You would expect to get some stronger... So, Mr Latif, if, if you are listening, 08459 We have. Number. We, I went to the school yesterday to try and have a look, and um, uh, I, I wasn't uh, able to get in. Um, but my colleague, Neil, from Look East, did go around the school. You saw, you know, a small classroom. Uh, there were nine children being taught by three teaching uh, staff. Uh, all the children were in sort of traditional Muslim dress, if you like. Um, and, you know, they filmed lots of posters of di- quite diversity all over the walls. So, you know, the, the, the schools say that they are going to take legal action, that they have been uh, wrongly targeted by Ofsted in this inspection. Uh, that that quote from uh, Farah Satlatif saying that this was an Islamophobic report. Would so they not let you in because you worked here or because you looked funny? Uh, well, I I couldn't. Okay. Well, Mr. Latif, you, you can give us a call anytime you want. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We come on this loop, John B. My grandfather and me. Around Nassau town, we did run. Drinking all night. Got into a
For beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Major routes looking quiet so far this morning. The M1 and the M25 both flowing freely without any problems. In High Wycombe, on the A40 at the flyover that connects the University and the Eden Centre, there's an ongoing lane closure in both directions for structural testing. Delays expected there, especially at peak times. Also in Wing, the Aylesbury Road, late and buzzard bound, is closed between Church Street and the Wing roundabout for roadworks. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.17, it is uh, Tuesday the 10th of June. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the, uh, the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. Drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from 2500 under plans to increase fines issued by magistrates. And a Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission at Kempston Cemetery. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they'll start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio.
this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, a grieving widow from Bedford says she's still hurting over the treatment of her late husband's grave by the council. Joanna only wants to be known by her first name, and she tells us no one asked or advised her before flowers, vases and other personal items were moved from her husband Jay's resting place at Kempston Cemetery. His grave was then turfed over. If you go to the Facebook page, you can have a look at uh, how she had decorated the grave. Very colourful, lots of bits and pieces there. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Have a look at that while you're listening to this. I'd be keen to get your thoughts on to what you think is appropriate display to put on a grave. Joanna has been talking to our reporter, Matt Lockwood. So we're in the cemetery. We're sitting by Jay's grave. He was 38 years old, so no age really. Just tell us about Jay and the kind of man he was and what he meant to you. Well, Jay was a um, very kind person. He respected everyone around him. He loved me very much. And I'm trying to fight for, for him really now because he lost his fight with horrible disease, brain cancer. Just tell me about Jay's battle with the cancer and how it affected you. It was heartbreaking to see him deteriorate every day. Uh, when he passed away, the last minute I was with him and he had a tear in his eye and I knew he was aware of everything to the end. When we buried Jay, we planted uh, some beautiful flowers. Uh, we had a couple of pots of another colourful flowers, uh, four vases with fresh flowers. When did you discover that the flowers, the pots, the vases, the various ornaments that you put on the grave had been removed then? without your knowledge? I think it was on 3rd of June. So that um, was less than two months after he yes, died? Yes, that was less than two months. It's too soon for me. I'm still grieving. I'm st- still hurting because uh, he's gone. And um, to see the turf over Jay's grave, it devastated me. This grave looks empty to me now. It doesn't feel... Like I'm closer to him, like I was when when we did it the way we we wanted. We wanted the grave to look beautiful, colorful. Jay's grave is the last place where I can come and talk to him, get closure and comfort. Does this turf almost feel like a barrier between yourself and Jay? Yes, it does. Yes, very much so. The turf doesn't look that great, does it? I mean, no. part of it is dying. It's not joined together, is it? There are gaps between the turf. Now, the council say they have strict rules about this, but there are other graves we've seen that have not followed those rules, have they? Yes, there are a few graves on the cemetery, cemetery that uh, there were flowers planted on and vases on their graves, but uh, our have been removed. It's very upsetting. Sorry. No, take your time, it's fine. You don't have to apologise for being upset. Do you miss him? Yes, I miss him very much. I wish he could be with us. I miss him talking to me. I miss him taking care of me. It's all right. We'll, We'll end it there. We'll end it there. Well, that was uh, Joanna talking to Matt Lockwood. Obviously, uh, a very emotional story. Go and have a look at the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash 
BBC 3CR. And uh, d- d- let me know your thoughts. Is it appropriate? Do you think? Should it be up to the, the, the surviving members of the family to decide how to decorate uh, a, graveside, a graveside? Or do you, do you think in some ways that maybe that's slightly disrespectful? to the rest of the people. Go and have a look, facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr, then give me a call, 08459 455 555. Nobody can tell you There's only one song worth singing They may try and sell you Cos it hangs them up at the um, at the grave it's on the Facebook page I, it, um, it's not as over uh, OTT as I was expecting it to be Catherine Boyle yeah when we first heard about this story we thought when they were talking about removing personal effects and um, decorations from a grave I did I must admit, I did think solar lights and windmills. Yeah, it's I not th- that at all. I thought it'd be um, a wobbly Jesus with, you know, with the funny eye, the rotating eye, that kind of stuff. It's it's um, th- th- there are just lots of bright flowers. Mm. That's all right, isn't it? Bright, I don't know. Bright flowers seems like a nice thing to have in a graveyard. Well, according to the rules, you're not allowed to plant anything on top, but uh. um, there is some confusion as to how prominently the rules are displayed. Apparently, there was a little notice on an A4 piece of paper in faded ink, and obviously, yeah, it's not the first thing you think of to go and read the notices but, when you're going to see your husband who's only died two months ago. But most of those flowers are... I can see there are some things that are planted into the ground, and that may be inappropriate, but most of them are in pots. They're in pots. Have a look uh, and then give me a call. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the speed sensors at the Kidneywood roundabout in Luton, Airport Way looking heavy as you head towards the motorway. And also got some roadworks in Bletsoe to watch out for. The A6 is closed between Mill Road and Bourne End Lane. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. Drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from 2500 under plans to increase fines issued by magistrates. And a Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission at Kempston Cemetery. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Corruption allegations surrounding the 2022 World Cup in Qatar will be discussed at the FIFA Congress in the Brazilian city of Sao Paulo this afternoon. The annual meeting has been overshadowed by claims of bribes being paid to win support for the country's bid. From there, here's the BBC Sports Editor David Bond. Later today, the FIFA president, Sepp Blatter, will try to restore calm. Yesterday, all he did was fan the flames by accusing the British media of racism for publishing the latest wave of allegations. Those comments made to African delegates helped earn him a standing ovation and were all part of a carefully coordinated strategy to win him another four years in charge next summer. While some argue FIFA cannot restore its reputation until he goes, his popularity with world football officials is as high as ever. Milton Keynes Dons manager Carl Robinson says the club did everything they could to keep Stephen Gleeson. The midfielder has joined Championship side Birmingham after turning down a new contract at Stadium MK. Wickham Wanderers Trust hold a meeting at the club this evening to discuss the chairboy's financial situation. The Trust say a share scheme is vital to the club's future as a majority stake in the club has not been sold. At the Hockey World Cup, England's men scored a late penalty to beat Belgium 3-2 and reach Friday's semi-finals. And it's the final day in the latest round of matches in Cricket's Minor Counties Championship. Buckinghamshire have already lost by nine wickets away to Cumberland. At Luton, Bedfordshire leads Suffolk by 56 runs with six second innings wickets standing. And at Hartford, Hertfordshire lead Cambridgeshire by 153, again with six second innings wickets standing. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Boom shakalaka. Um, uh, 08459-455-555 is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call about anything. What have you found in the papers, Catherine? Oh, naughty people, beware. Because oh. the amount that a magistrate can fine you is about mm. to go up. Yes. Yeah, quite considerably. TV licence evasion will leap from 1000 to £4,000 as a fine. Good. What? On, what? Drivers who break the 70 miles per hour limit on the motorways could be hit with a fine as high as £10,000. Although that is generally uh, believed to be for the most naughty of speeding drivers who keep doing it and won't yeah. be told. OK, well, that, that should learn them. That would learn them, wouldn't it, John? Yes, it would. Thank you very much, sir. What have you called in about? Um, I'm talking about um, Joanna and the flowers on the grave. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, what, what do you reckon to this? Is, 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 who's right here, the council or the, the grieving widow? There's a loaded question, if ever there was one. 
Well, it's got to be the grieving widow. What is it, two months since she's buried her husband and she can't even put anything on the grave to remember him by? That's outrageous. I mean, there, there are quite a lot... It, it is quite a lot of uh, flowers that she wants to put there. Um, when someone dies, isn't it about respect and marking respect for them? It's not about rules or cutting grass or anything else. It's about memory... <laughs> Showing a memory for your late partner. I've been to some graves, and they have a right load of old tat on the grave sometimes. A load of plastic nonsense and stuff like that. And you kind of think, well, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. Is it disrespectful to the other families, though, John? I, 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 don't, I don't think it's disrespectful to the other families. I think most families, especially if someone that's recently died, actually want to go up to the grave, sit with their loved one, and actually show respect and be with them. And they do that by placing flowers. As a country, we've been doing this for hundreds of years. When someone dies, you put flowers on a grave. I wonder, John, whether there was a gentler way of, of sticking to the rules. If they must stick to the rules, then they should have spoken to her. Oh, absolutely. To do it without telling her is just ridiculous. Uh, I mean, what is it, seven, eight weeks since her husband died? Yeah, not even that. No, it's just outrageous. John, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455555. Here's a headline. The woman who taught a dolphin to speak then found it had fallen in love with her. I don't even want to read the story. Is that a euphemism? Because we know what dolphins are like. Dolphins are randy little so-and-sos, aren't they? I remember a consumer problem once where a woman had been on holiday to Cuba and taken part in a dolphin show and the dolphin had taken more than a little bit of a liking to it and broken her pelvis. So, wow. we're not, they're not playing games. I mean, she is cute, this woman. <laughs> and she was speaking his language. I don't Dolphins think to do are that the only me. other creature that have um, uh, sex for pleasure. That's true. That's How true. do they know? What, that kid with Flipper? Flipper told him that, didn't he? <laughs> Goodness sakes.
I never got the fascination with Zulu. The reason I say that is because this song, as a child, I remember hearing this song on the radio in a dark room, and it scared the life. I was actually terrified. This song made me cry with fear. Thanks a lot for nothing, David Byrne. Had a similar experience. My dad used to love a bit of Zulu and Zulu Dawn. I couldn't tell you the difference. Dads uh, like Zulu. I'm saying that I'm a dad and I don't like Zulu, but dads of a certain age like Zulu. That music, though. Mm Mm. Mm, I remember listening to that when I was pregnant once and the baby went mad. Yeah, of course. Because it's a real low, de- deep noise. Well, they're Zulus, isn't it? I don't think do. that was done by the Zulus. Was that not the Zulus? Probably that, John Barry or something. Yeah, it was. I think it was John Barry. Yeah, probably. It's an amazing. Oh, oh. Do you, do you excuse you. Parking there, excuse me. Hey, Rick Bale's dead. Oh. Isn't that sad? He's only 56. Hey, I'm surprised he's only 56. What, he's 15 years older than me? Uh, I met Rick Mayer once and he was uh, very uh, delightful and a bit weird and... Um, Everything you hoped by a Yeah, he kind of uh, was a little bit shy and was fantastic. I always had a bit of a crush on Rick Mayer. Really? Yeah. Really? In a really weird way. Even Bottom didn't put me off. The young one... I didn't like Bottom very much. I did like the young ones. I did like Filthy Rich and Catflap. But the young ones was... When was that? 1983? Mm. 1982, maybe. 1983. So I was 10 when it was on and they came and played at the Fulcrum in Slough. And my mum phoned up and said, is this suitable for kids? Because I was, I was 10 and my sister was 13. And the woman, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine, it's a kids show. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. So I went and saw the young ones. It was the filthiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And my mum, she's so irresponsible, she said, she said to me, well, you know, it started and it was, it was really bad language and it was filthy. We thought we're here now, we might as well stay for, <laughs> for the show. And I'm sure there's a bit where um, Rick Mail did a ventriloquist act with his, his, his winkle. Right. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure it's nothing you hadn't done yourself. Well, I, I certainly learned a few tricks from him. It was, the whole show was obscene. And I remember at 10 thinking, this is brilliant. Yeah. This is brilliant. I went, I, I went on the set of The Young Ones as well when I was a kid. I wish I had a picture of that. How cool would that be? But yeah, so that's sad. The Rick face is also the default grimace for, I think, people of our generation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I did find the snort a little bit irritating. Well, it was supposed to be. Oh, OK. In that case, it worked. It worked yeah, perfectly. Yeah, exactly. So that's oh, sad. Rick. Yeah, that's sad. It'd be interesting to see. Is it... <clears throat> now, I'm not saying it's drugs at all, but whenever any celebrity dies... It's so young. Is, is, is your first thought, oh, drugs? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? I'm sure he was a, a, a you know, he's a responsible parent, a clean living adult, so I'm not for a second suggesting that was how he passed. But whenever a celebrity goes, oh, drugs, was well, it? Well, we've kind of been trained to drugs. assume that, haven't we? Yeah, drugs, was it? Oh, I see. Right. Uh, so, yeah, very sad. Very sad. What else you got? Well, should we line things up a little bit? Colouring in, apparently, oh, okay. is the new, uh, new um, craze in France. Your yeah, for fav- children, yeah? No, no, for, for those sultry French females. Oh, for goodness sakes. They're very in tune with their psyches, the French females, in my experience. They're always very kind of... But they're colouring in. What, like, actual... Let me turn my phone... My phone's gone bonkers. Let me turn my phone off. Actually colouring in. Yeah. Uh, publishers kicked off a nas- national obsession with coloriage by printing anti-stress or art therapy across the covers of what are essentially colouring books. So people think they're art therapy. Thing is, right, I think it's ridiculous. I quite fancy one. One Maribot has sold more than 350,000 adult colouring books in just a couple of years. Another even bought up an English title, branded it as an anti-stress aid and sold more copies than its UK publisher had managed. They're almost all bought by women who then show off their handiwork on Facebook and other social media sites. I suppose it beats buns. I'm going to... Uh, I do like a nice French bun. What, what am I looking for? French colouring in? Yeah. Colouriage. How do you spell that? C-O... You started doing that in French accent. <laughs> no, I didn't. C 
O L O R I L O R I G E G E. Okay, let's you'll get loads of lovely colouring in now. Uh, um, Take French coloriage out because otherwise you're just going to get things for children. Oh, look, here's coloriage. Oh, think, oh, it's for kids. No, I think this is quite intricate stuff. So adult coloriage. Oh, hang on. <laughs> oh look, it's all a little bit psychedelic. Look yeah. at that. That's like on the cover of a revolver. Can you imagine they'd be getting through felt tips like nobody's business? I quite fancy having a go at that. But one. what I don't get what the point is. Colouring in when I was a kid was really, really boring. No. So colouring in as an adult It's lovely. I want to see... do it as neat as you can. I want to see. see I went some through of a phase of using work. my ruler. Oh, so it was all a bit stripy. Oh, it. Um I want to see some of the finished works. Go on Twitter. They're putting it on Twitter and all sorts. What do I type in on Twitter? Coloriage. Yeah. How do I spell it? C-O-L-O. Yeah. R-I-A-G-E. Oh, I didn't put an A in there. Well, then you're going to get all kinds. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Don't worry. This is good for the listener. It it, help, it helps them think. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Search. Click on that. Click on the little... Isn't it, this is what I was thinking the other day. That search, the symbol for search... Oh, you... Oh, no, that's a child. The symbol for search is a magnifying glass. Yes. But kids don't even know what a magnifying glass is. Oh, my kids do. Well, mine do as well, actually. But why not... Normal kids, not geniuses. Why not um, binoculars? Or why not a hand over the eyes? Or, or an eye. Why not an eye? Why is it a magnifying glass? Who came up with that, for goodness sakes? Um, oh, yeah, there's... Uh, uh, yeah, OK, Intricate right. colouring in. Oh, look. Or you can get a picture of Sarkozy to colour in. There's a woman... Minions, that's not very uh, taxing, is it? No, it's not. They're, minutes. they're not. They're, uh, it's ridiculous. Don't like colouring. Well, hang on a second. I quite like colouring in. It's like painting by numbers, isn't it? Yeah. You'd have to be artistic to make something that looks quite good. I get bored of colouring in. It says my boy, and so he, he makes me do the big bits. Oh, I bet you're a good drawer. <laughs> I'm so not. Oh, I'm a good drawer. I am... Oh, I'm, good, I'm the worst... I had a very Victorian childhood. It was either that or arranging feathers. Or climbing up chimneys. <laughs> yes. I'm terrible at anything creative. Are you? Yeah. You surprised me. No, I can't. I, I, I you used to make shovels for um, films, didn't you? I did make a shovel for a film. I make several shovels for a film to attack. How did you carry on with the shoveling? <laughs> it's, it's not as simple as that. It took oh. a lot of work and it was boring. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, the M1 London bound looking heavy in patches now between junction 10 for Luton and 8 for St Albans. Also the M25 anti-clockwise between junction 21A for St Albans and 20 for Kings Langley, very slow. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital also heavy going at the M25 junction 21A roundabout. Public transport all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alex. Right, 6.46, it's Tuesday the uh, 10th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. Drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from £2,500, under plans to increase fines issued by magistrates. And a Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission at Kempston Cemetery. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. It's another beautiful day right the way across all three counties. We've got sunshine, plenty of prolonged sunny spells. The temperature feeling a little bit fresher than it has done for the last few days. A bit of a change in airflow means we've lost the humidity, the stickiness. So it's still going to be pleasant in the sunshine with a maximum of 22 Celsius. It's perhaps just going to be a little bit more bearable. Overnight tonight, we've got dry, clear spells. Again, we're looking at a minimum temperature of 12 Celsius, but not quite as sticky as the last few nights. And tomorrow, it's more of the same. Bit of patchy cloud, but plenty of warm sunshine, maximum 22 Celsius. It's high pressure that builds overnight tonight into tomorrow, and it stays with us through to the weekend and perhaps beyond. So more of the same for Thursday and Friday. And that's your forecast. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. On Friday, as part of our big tour, I'll be in Abbots Langley. To see the whole village buzzing is fantastic. I'll be based at Henderson Hall on the High Street where I'll be meeting some of the locals. Local Flower Society, the Horticultural Society. A lovely village to live in. Finding out about some of the amazing local charities and the history of this lovely Hertfordshire village. Nick Coffer. Live in Abbots Langley for our big tour, Friday from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Gosh, that Michael Jackson is a character. Was a character. Certainly was. Can you believe it's ten years to the very day since he passed away? So there was this girl and she was no, a little... it's not. What? Is it? Yeah, ten years. No, I thought it was August. OK, well, it's ten years in August. What's your beef? This day, ooh, this day in history. We should start doing that. It's a good idea for a feature, right? This day down. in history, 93 years ago, Duke of Edinburgh was born. What? And a whole load of comedy one-liners. He's a funny... What he's the funny side of racism, isn't he? Uh, What's the line about the slitty eyes? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. He gets away with it. Can I say this? Yeah. It's the sort of thing my grand comes out with, only no one's got a microphone on it. Thank <laughs> God. Oh, man. Okay, right. okay so uh, features. I've got three ideas for features. It's One kind is... of hapless comments. Yeah, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this day in history, starting from uh, next week. We're also going to do Battle of the Sexes, Men versus Women, a lot of fun people like that. We're also going to do um, your uh, racist grandparents. <laughs> and you uh, record them being racist, and you send it into us, and we'll play it, and we'll Don't. have a laugh. Don't. We'll se- record them and send it in, and we won't play it out on air, but we'll play it in the office, and we'll have a right old laugh. We'll have a right old laugh at that. So there's this girl, teacher sellotapes mouth of classroom chatterbox. I, I know, I've got it too. I don't see what the problem is. What? If you wouldn't Take shut your skin up, off. You've never had it done, I have. A girl who wouldn't... St- no, but that was... Well, a girl who wouldn't stop talking during a lesson. She wouldn't stop talking. Oh, yeah, I was that kid. Had her mouth sellotaped shut by a teacher. Elise Smith, 11, was forced to sit for 15 minutes with tape stuck across her mouth as a punishment for chatting to other pupils. The classroom humiliation ended when the science teacher realised he should not have done it and the tape was taken off <gasps> from her mouth. Jeez, I mean... Have you ever had it done? No, because I, I was I have. I've stuck it on my own mouth before. What? Just for giggles. And um, when you whip it off, it, takes a, it can take a strip of skin off. Flipping hurts. Don't it's, be messing with that stuff. It's, it's potent. It's sellotape. It doesn't really matter. It, yeah. it doesn't hurt that much. It does. I just kind of think if you you know if you're not going to um what's wrong with hands on heads and fingers on lips you're not allowed to touch children no what your own oh i suppose you could do that if you wanted to that's what used to work i don't know why that worked you could talk around that you can talk like that I've got exactly. you move your finger to one side uh, talking like that or be made i was made to stand up once in assembly talking really embarrassing hey listen i can save your life go on according to the daily express tomato pill <laughs> Or I could eat a tomato. Tomato pill! Tomato pill to save your life. It helps prevent heart attacks and strokes, say experts. Thousands of people at risk from heart disease or a stroke will benefit from a cancer-fighting extract found in tomatoes, new research shows. Or I could just eat tomatoes. Tomato pill! But then they wouldn't be making money. Yeah. Just don't be a salad dodger, and then you'll um, enhance your chances. Oh, I can't wait for the World Cup to start later on this week. When is it? Thursday. 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 uh, Brazil versus... Anyone? Guys? Guys? Croatia? Yeah, see, I knew that spontaneously. Football and that. Who's England playing on Friday? Italy! True. Yeah! You have been swatting up. Oh, oh, oh. I know who they will play. Who's the captain of the England squad? Sorry? Who's the captain of the England squad? What, the the captain now? Stephen Gerrard? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and he didn't tell me that! What about who's the captain of Italy? Oh, well, that's a stupid question. Even they don't know. Yeah. Mario um, Mario Cocello. Really? Is that is that a thing? <laughs> Why not? Why not? That's an Italian name. So a woman came home the other day. Well, I said, let's say a woman That's came home. That's not news, is it? A woman was at home. She was settling down to watch television mm. when guess what flew into her room? Um, a griffin. No, a ghost. What? No, not sorry, not a ghost, an eagle. I always get those two things confused. <laughs> 
The young bird of prey, 18 inches high, with a four-foot wingspan, swooped through her open patio doors and perched on a display cabinet, knocking over ornaments. Oh, wow. Wendy, 55, of Poole, Dorset, very nice place, said, I couldn't believe it. It was huge. I tried to temp- tempt it outside with pieces of ham, but it wouldn't go. Wow. She called in expert John Hall from Wessex Bird of Prey Rescue, and he reunited the escaped Russian eagle called Storm with Falconer James Moore. They should put sellotape over the eagle's mouth, over James Moore's mouth, and over Wendy's mouth. Can you imagine trying to get that bad boy out? I would be very, very scared. because have enough trouble with flies. They can, um, uh, they can literally pull your innards out, can't yeah. they? Yeah. They don't, they don't mess around. They can do all sorts. I, do you ever see um, the Vikings with no. um, Kirk Douglas? No. They ripped his eyes out. Good. Oh. He deserved it. He, he, he did a bit. He was a bit he deserved it. it. But, you know. He, he deserved it. He didn't expect that to happen. Oh, dear. Anything else in the papers? Some um, things and stuff. There was a snake hidden in a sofa for four years. Four. Shifty Serpent Sam. Guess which paper's this from? This is from, guys. Shifty Serpent Sam was only weeks old when he wriggled out of his tank at Louise Mead's flat in 2010. Despite a big poster campaign and neighbours keeping a look at it, he was never seen again. Oh. So Louise was stunned when pals Darren and Amy, who had bought her old settee, oh my God, it wasn't even in their house, found him in their home last Saturday. Amy screamed when she, uh, Amy, 33, screamed when she saw the metre-long snake draped on a radiator behind the sofa. Oh, that is flipping. People who have snakes as pets are weird. They are weird. They're perverts. I'm not saying this, this couple are perverts for legal reasons, but every other person that owns a snake is a pervert. My friend Caroline used to keep snakes, and uh, I stayed over at her house once, and she told me after I'd slept in the bedroom that her snake had been missing in there for a good two weeks. It was probably under the floorboards. Oh! oh. People who have snakes, um, and uh, not so much lizards, but lizards, lizards to a certain extent. Lizards can't show you any infection. No, not at all. Although, if you pull its tail off, it grows another one. Quite like a salamander mind. They're quite chubby, aren't they? Um, Livingston, Ken Livingston likes salamanders and you remind me of him a lot Thanks You're welcome Travel news for beds, cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio the M1 London bound, very slow now between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. Also the M25 anti-clockwise, really struggling between Junction 21A for St Albans and 20 for Kings Langley. Between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40, things also starting to look slow. Elsewhere on the sensors, the A1M southbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage, building up. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Luton School considers legal action in Ofsted Row. Speeding motorway drivers could be fined £10,000 and widow's anger after items removed from Kempston Grave. 
BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. Chair of the Governor's Farisat Latif claims it's an Islamophobic report. We totally reject the report and we're taking legal advice about our next action. It may be a judicial review but we're still waiting for uh, legal counsel. Meanwhile, the Department for Education has rejected a claim by the head of Ofsted, Sir Michael Wilshaw, that he called for unannounced inspections of schools to be introduced two years ago. The Education Secretary, Michael Gove, wants Ofsted to carry out no-notice inspections following an investigation into Islamic extremism at some schools in Birmingham. Fines issued by magistrates for many offences could be quadrupled under new proposals. Drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from 2500 For the first time, magistrates will be allowed to impose unlimited fines for the most serious offences like drink driving. A Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission. The council doesn't allow the planting of shrubs, roses and flowers on graves at Kempston's cemetery but Joanna says the rules are not being applied fairly. There is a few graves here where they have flowers planted on and vases and uh, personal items uh, which isn't fair. It looks like the rules don't apply to everyone. Firefighters put a 100-metre evacuation zone in place in the Bedfordshire village yesterday afternoon after a gas leak caused by someone mowing a grass verge. Fire crews and gas board officials were called to Bedford Road in Milton Ernest at around 4.20. Two people were taken to hospital after a flat fire in Royston yesterday evening. Both were suffering from smoke inhalation. Crews were called to Shakespeare just after 6.30. A Bedfordshire councillor says he changed his mind about taking legal action over a controversial house extension in barton le Clay after the story was discussed on BBC Three Counties. A planning inspector had rejected an enforcement notice for the seven-bedroom home because it was described as new instead of extended. Central Beds councillor Nigel Young says they originally decided not to continue the fight but changed their minds. I reflected on that and I reflected on how upset the residents of Barton are about this home and uh, consulted our legal officers and we decided we would launch a challenge with the High Court, which we've done. In sport, corruption allegations surrounding the 2022 World Cup in Qatar will be discussed at the FIFA Congress in the Brazilian city of Sao Paulo this afternoon. The annual meeting has been overshadowed by claims of bribes being paid to win support for the country's bid. The weather dry and sunny, feeling fresher and less humid, a maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There are some lovely walks around here, you know, the local parks. It's all about where you live. Got everything there, all my infrastructure, all the families around here. And all this week, we're featuring Abbott Langley. I think that it's a vibrant village, that it still has an awful lot going for it. I never fail to be impressed by the smiles that I get in the high street. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This, oh gosh, that was loud. Did you hear that? I, I, I came bursting through the radio waves uh, like a loudmouth gobby so-and-so. I, I, I wonder why. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including Ofsted slams Islamic school in Luton, a widow hits back after grave clearance in Kempston, and, well, some coppers got a surprise from a boozy clubber. 
I know it's quite a nice story, this. It starts off bad, but then it gets good, so, you know, stick with it. Uh, if you want to take part, you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, but I don't like those, so I won't give you the number. Or you can give me a phone call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, an independent Islamic school in Luton has been criticised in a damning Ofsted report into the way it teaches children. According to the report, books in their children's library at the Olive Tree Primary School promoted fundamentalist views which do not support the pupils' development for life in modern Britain. It may now take legal action against Ofsted. Well, political reporter Paul Scoynes is here. Paul, what does the report say? Well, Ian, it says it's an inadequate school and uh, that the pupils' contact in the school with people from different cultures, from different faiths, traditions, is far too limited to promote tolerance and respect for the views, lifestyles and customs of other people. It also says that some books in that library promoted fundamentalist views which don't support the pupils' development for life in modern Britain today. Uh, Some of the books uh, apparently had views promoting uh, stoning and lashing as appropriate punishments and uh, Ofsted said those have no place in British society. Also, uh, it criticised the number of books uh, around the world's major religions uh, other than Islam. Uh, It wasn't all just about the books in the library, though. It also criticised various uh, sort of questions about the curriculum, the wider curriculum taught in the school. What does the school say in response? Well, it strongly uh, uh, criticised the report. The chair of governors, uh, Farisat Latif, who spoke to you on this programme, and indeed, I should add, was invited onto this programme, but uh, refused... He's refused to come on because he didn't like the line of questioning before. That's what we understand, yes. We reject the findings of the report, the school says. Ofsted came to the school looking for problems of extremism and intolerance and didn't find any. They carried out a, quote, half-baked inspection, which they abandoned halfway through, and uh, says that the books were actually in the staff library, not the children's library, and they were for the reference of the staff only. This is his reaction uh, to the report to BBC Look East. We completely reject it. We believe it's actually an Islamophobic report based upon a right-wing extremist, Michael Gove, whose ignorance of Islam is matched only by his hostility. So there is no need, as far as you're concerned, to to look at what Ofsted say and, and address the, no, the findings um, in the report? We, we, we totally reject the report and we're taking legal advice about our next action. Yeah, what, what do you think that next action could be? It may be a judicial review, but we're still waiting for uh, legal counsel. Michael Gove has been talking about extremism in schools. Is this connected to this report? Well, Ofsted said that the fact that the report was released on the same day as those reports into the Birmingham schools was entirely coincidental and you shouldn't read anything into the timing of that particular uh, uh, report release. Now, the Department for Education says all schools, including the Olive Tree Primary, must promote tolerance and harmony between different cultures. Uh, The Department for Education said we asked Ofsted to carry out an inspection at Olive Tree and they found they are not meeting uh, these requirements. We now require the school to produce an action plan to address these issues and ensure it meets the independent school standards. They say we will monitor progress closely and we have repeatedly demonstrated in all types of school that we will not hesitate to take tough action if required. Now, that means, I think, Ian, that if uh, the the school doesn't meet the action plan that uh, Ofsted and the the government will set it, that it could indeed uh, be taken over and closed down. Um, 
In connection to those Birmingham cases, though, that was something I, I, uh, I asked the local MP, Gavin Shuka, about last night, and this is what he said. Well, obviously, any report that says that any school in my constituency, which is considered to be inadequate, is of major concern. And obviously, there were specific aspects of the report uh, which are really very concerning. It's why I've contacted uh, the team at the school to say, you know, what help and assistance do you need in order to get out of that inadequate status? And why I'm hoping to meet with them later in the week. And we need to get to the bottom of it and hope this officer report will help with that. The report was released on the same day as the schools in Birmingham. That doesn't look good, does it? It's already being lumped into the same sort of storyline. The fact that the report found that some of the content of the books didn't prepare children for a life in modern Britain, that's not going to go uh, down well in Luton, is it? Of course not. And... um What we need is for every child at school in Luton to receive a balanced education that covers all of the subjects and prepares students for living in the modern world. Now, it may be that this school can do that and do it well. You know, turning to the role of Ofsted, for some reason they've decided to release this report at the same time as this furore around Birmingham schools. The the set of issues here are different. Um, And so what I wouldn't want is this to be used as an excuse once again to accuse Luton of being a home to extremism. That isn't what the report showed, and it certainly isn't our experience of living in the town. Do you think the way that the school has responded by blaming an agenda from Michael Gove from Ofsted is, is constructive? Well, look, it's understandable that schools who receive a negative report by Ofsted are going to raise concerns about it. I I mean, I myself have concerns around Ofsted's actions in this case, but at the same time, there is a legal duty and responsibility on this school to raise their standards above those of being inadequate. Um, That's why I'm meeting with the school later in the week. I want to hear some of their concerns that they've raised over Ofsted's approach in inspecting, but also I want to make sure and make it clear um, that actually there isn't a place for a school which is inadequate in our town. Does religion have a place in school like this? Do, should, I mean, are faith schools a constructive part of society? I'm someone of religious faith, um, not the Muslim religious faith, actually, um, but someone that believes there's a role for faith in modern life and that when we prepare people for living in a world of faith, it's helpful. Now, I don't think that's the same thing, necessarily, as having faith schools or schools with very, very strong individual cultures that don't prepare people for the modern world and so my preference you know i am a parent uh, is to send my child to a school where they're getting a decent comprehensive education actually in the state system because uh, i think by doing that we raise the standards of all our schools um parents are free to make their own decisions and in this case uh, these parents have chosen to send their child to a faith school with a strong ethos uh, and teaching around the Islamic faith. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but it does have to offer a broad curriculum as well, and this report does raise concerns about it. So that was uh, Gavin Shuker, the uh, Labour MP for Luton South, which is indeed is the uh, area of Luton which this uh, school falls into. And uh, we understand now the school will have a certain amount of time to react to this report. And as, as uh, Faris Atletif, the governor, said, uh, they are considering even a judicial review, which I, I, I'm not sure of whether or not I've heard too many uh, schools taking judicial reviews into Ofsted inspections. But this is so critical that it could potentially have a lasting impact on the reputation of the school. Cool. Uh, well, Mr Latif has refused to come on to um, not just this show, but any show on Three Counties Radio. 
Um, but, the, you know, the, the invitation is open. So if you want to give us a call, 08459 555 is the telephone number. Um, th- Paul, thank you very much uh, for that. And thank you very much for that YouTube clip that you've just sent me. It's, uh, it really is something quite special. That's... Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Should we have a look at the front pages? It would be rude not to, what with them being here and stuff. We've got one, two, three copies of The Times, Catherine. Can you believe... Never enough. Never enough. Never enough copies of The Times. All schools must teach what it is to be British. Go act over Muslim ideology in classrooms. This is what we were just kind of just uh, alluding to. All children will be taught... Brit- OK, I'm going to ask you a question in a second. Mm. I know what you're going to ask me. I'm going to. All children will be taught British values of liberty and tolerance from September after a series of reports revealed yesterday how strict Islamic ideology had been imposed in schools. What does that mean? What does it mean to be British? How are they going to teach that to kids? What, you like queuing and um, you enjoy cups of tea? What, 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 is the, what is British ideology? I've got no idea. Well, they're talking about, well, they mentioned it there, liberty and tolerance. They're talking about... Those are everyone... French things, aren't they, I thought? Well, I don't One know. One of them is. Well, yeah. In France, you have to keep your uh, faith out of public life. And in schools, you're not allowed to show any kind of um, sign of what you might be practising at home. Well, I think that's wrong. I think if you're, if you're a religionist, if you're a religionist, you should be allowed to, to say you're a religionist. Yeah. So that's why I think what they're talking about there is tolerance and um, being free to express yourself and to understand that not everyone's the same as you, but you don't have to hate each other about it. Is, you're not allowed to make assumptions these days. Is Kelly British? Yeah. Kelly Brooke? Me? I yeah. thought he'd sorted that microphone out. Is it not? No. Okay, this one sounds this? weird as well. What about this? Yours sounds all right. Hello? No. Hello? No. Hello? No. Hello? That's better. <laughs> I'll speak on this You have to add the bass from your own voice. Hello? Are you British? Yes. What is it to be British? To be born in Britain and raised in Britain. That's racist. Why is it racist? Well, because some people aren't born in Britain and they uh, come over here and they consider themselves to be British. Okay, so live in Britain. What do you want from me? Uh, No, this is what I'm just trying to say. It's an unanswerable question. Uh, You're not racist, of course. I'm teasing. Uh, I'm using the R word as, uh, uh, like, batonage. But but, but there are people who are born abroad and come over here and and, and say they're British. Mm -hmm. So, So are they British? It's just abiding by the laws of the land and letting people live in peace. No, of course it's not. Because if I go and live in um, Spain and I abide by the laws of the land, it doesn't make me Spanish. No, but you're respectful of their culture. Not of the Spanish, I'm not. Oh, I am. Oh, 08459 555 Q Stephen and Dunstable. sleep in the afternoon, you know that, don't you? <laughs> I abide by those laws. What, all schools must teach what it is to be British. I have no idea what that means. Why don't they just say it? Why don't they just say what they mean? Say what you they say. Don't, they don't appreciate schools like the one we're talking about here in, in Luton. That, that's what it would appear. What does it mean to be British? How are you going to teach that in a school? What, that we all watch EastEnders and um, we go and have a curry and chips? Is that what it is? I don't do either of those things. Do you not have a curry and chips? No, why would I do that? Oh, beautiful. Chips and gravy. Oh, chips and curry sauce or chips and sweet and sour sauce from the Chinese. A £2 special. That's what that is, where I'm from. That's not what, what that means where I'm from. Yeah, but you're from a different time. 08459 555 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Cheshunt on the speed sensors, the A10 southbound building up as you approach the M25 around Waltham Cross. And in Bricketwood, the North Orbital is queuing at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. The M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21A for St Albans and 20 for Kings Langley. Also struggling now between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The M1 London bound, heavy going between Junction 10 for Luton and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Public transport all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 7.16, it's uh, Tuesday the 10th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. Drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from 2500 under plans to increase fines issued by magistrates. And a Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission at Kempston Cemetery. If you want to have a look at the pictures of the grave before and after, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Were the council being a bit heartless or were they just protecting their property and the values of everybody else? BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me into take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start we don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who could sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 555555 is the phone number. The story we've been talking about has been in the news until we've been talking about it all morning. The story of a grieving widow from Bedford who says she's devastated by the council's treatment of her husband's grave. Joanna claims no one asked before removing flowers, vases and other personal items from the resting place of her recently deceased husband at Kempston Cemetery. His grave was then turfed over. If you go to facebook.com, forward slash BBC 3CR. You can see the pictures. Uh, do leave your comments there or give us a call. And um, we'll, uh, well, maybe we'll talk about those in a second. Here's the message that Joanna has for the council. There is a few graves here where they have a p- flowers planted on and vases and uh, personal items, uh, which isn't fair. It looks like the rules don't apply to everyone. And I think that for as long as people want and will look after the graves of their loved ones, they should be allowed to. If that's what is giving them comfort, or even if it helps coping with the hard time that they are going through after losing someone special. A gravesite is the only place that people can go to get a little bit of closure with those who are gone. My husband, Jay, 
was fighting long and very painful battle with horrible disease. Now he's not longer with us, so I will fight for him. Or you can speak now to Councillor uh, Adrian Beardmore, who is chair of Kempston Joint Burials Committee. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning. What's your reaction to this story? Um, a bit annoying, really, because it does make us look as if we're not very nice people, where most of the problem is actually coming from the family themselves. They did sign, or they uh, somebody signed on their behalf, a very large contract with very big printing, actually giving them... Not a lot, five rules to abide by. That's uh, so all we ask, and one of them, we, we say rule one is base fencing curbs around graves are not permitted. Uh, memorial, memorial vases are allowed for the display of floral disputes, provided the exclusive rights of the graves have been purchased. And she signed, or somebody who yeah. involved in with the, the greatest of respect that. with the greatest respect her husband had just died a few weeks before of cancer so you may understand why perhaps she wasn't looking at the, at the small print well, that's fair enough and we do allow we do not move the funeral flowers so uh, two months, seven weeks. We we do we don't turf the graves over straight away because people do like to put the flowers from the funeral on the graves, and we do allow that. But it is a meadow graveyard for safety and for easy cutting. I, I'm surprised, Adrian. Um, I, I'm surprised you've you've kind of come in on the defensive like this that, that, that well, you're, you're uh, worried that she's making you look bad I, I don't know if it's her that's making you look bad well i've read the uh, i've looked at your facebook page and i read some of the comments and they just do not know all the facts well give them, give, let, yes, let's read does. some of these comments and then you can you can give them back lorraine says surely they should have co- uh, consulted joanna at stoke poges crematorium we had copies of the rules given to us anything goes there and there are some lovely tributes Jill says if the council wanted to move them for mowing or something, they should have contacted her. So sad. They've made a sad situation worse. Um, uh, Terry says terrible treatment. Sorry for your loss. Wendy says it's not usual for folk. It's usual for folk not to be able to put stuff on graves. She should have checked beforehand. Uh, Grief is hard to deal with. We all make mistakes. Uh, And Neil says, I'm just reading these as they're presented in front of me. Typical council. They all have a black heart and do as they please. They should replace the flowers and send a letter of apology to Joanne. Um, we have actually wrote to Joanne explaining why they removed. Also, the supervisor of the cemetery saw one of the family the day before and reminded him that the next day the cemetery grave was going to be turfed over. So we did actually speak to one of the family uh, the day before it was actually done. But you didn't speak to the widow? No. Do you not think maybe that was the person you should have approached? Well, she shouldn't even have done it. <laughs> we, we Adrian, if, I, Adrian uh, can, may I suggest? Uh, may I suggest just think a little bit carefully because you're coming. It, it, I'm making up that you're sounding a little bit heartless. I, I'm very sorry, I am because uh, we know what the grief is when somebody loses. Uh, but you're just saying she should have she should have thought a little bit harder. But, Listen, uh, my my dad died over a year ago. I was in tears at the weekend. Sometimes you, 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 thinking a little bit harder, it's two months after someone is really close to you has died, that's not always possible, is it? No, and we, but there are procedures, criteria you have to stick to. It, just because something dramatic in your life has happened. 
you can't completely ignore all. Oh, but Adrian, Nigerian it's not as if. Rules. Come on, Adrian, it's not as if she was spray painting the, the the cemetery. It's not as if she was putting up plastic clockwork Jesuses. She had some flowers and some vases a couple of months after her husband had died. She planted the grave up with with bedding plants right. as well Could- as pots. They, you're talking long term now with bedding plants. Okay, well, okay, well then take the take the bedding plants out and speak to her. Take the bedding plants out. Explain to her why it's inappropriate in a caring, gentle manner. And what's the problem of there's lots of plants in pots? What's the problem with those? Um, If you were the people, they don't fit the rules. If you had to, no, we we are a council who look after their employees. You cannot expect the staff to pick heavy pots oh. up every time they cut the grass, can you? Oh, Adrian. No, I'm sure. Also, the rules have been explained very carefully to the family now, and they have damaged the grave by digging holes. Oh, in the Adrian, dirt. Adrian. So you're, you're really they, doing yourself no. With the greatest respect, I'm you're doing yourself sorry, no favours, Adrian. I'm very sorry, but rules have to be met. This world Too... would be a horrible place if people just did what they want. Oh, all Adrian, the time. it's not. It's not. We're not talking about anarchy here. We're talking about a grieving widow who's put a few plant plots on top of her, her dead husband's grave. It's not anarchy. It's not people running around smashing windows. It's a woman trying to grieve the loss of her soulmate. And there's a, we have sympathy with her for loss of her soulmate. It doesn't sound like it, Adrian. It's, it's sounding very cold and callous, and this list of five rules that must be adhered to, even in the early stages of grief. The rules must be adhered to completely. If we are allowed, and we have experiences, if we allow any long period where we allow the graves to be made up, then it is practically impossible to set the graveyards up as it should be. So I think two months to allow all the funeral flowers to to die off is is being sympathetic with But then you didn't think of talking to her, the widow. We spoke to the family. But you didn't speak to the widow, Adrian. Uh, It's not easy to speak to individual people. Well, you, no, it is. It is. You, you send them a letter, and you phone them up, and you leave but, a few messages, uh, and you, you explain that we need to talk because some, we're going to have to move the things from the grave. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to move the things from the grave because we've got these five rules that may appear a bit soulless to you, but those are the rules, and we have to adhere to them. It is easy to do, Adrian, and I, I'm really surprised that um, a, a councillor responsible uh, for joint um, burials... It, 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 it's taken. It, it, it does sound, you know, like you're reading from a script, or I'm talking to a robot here. I'm sorry. No, this is my own, my own perseverance of trying to get the graveyard a safe, very comfortable place to be. And I'm thinking of all the other people at the cemetery. As well as all the all, all the visitors, how would it, as how well would, as the staff, how would how would um, jo, Joanna's uh, display have affected the other visitors? Do you think negatively? Because they look at it and thinking, well, the council wouldn't let us have them. Why can she has it? Why can she have it? Um, so other people would have been jealous. Cannot cut the grass, the graph, and mm-hmm. it, it's a knock-on effect. You allow one person. And everyone wants it. We carry these rules out very strictly throughout the cemetery. There are other um, graves, aren't there? When, when our reporter Matt Lockwood was there, uh, there are other graves that have got um, vases and things on there. 
and, and, and displays. Part, in different parts of the graveyard. It is a Victorian graveyard. Ah, it so is is it, is, graveyard. are there different rules for different areas of the graveyard? There are different rules made Victorian times. We, the rules have been altered due to health and safety. So in some areas of the graveyard, her display would have been OK? If she died in the Victorian times, yes. When the, when the graveyard was in a different... Because the graveyard stretches over a very large area. It is in, travelled in size since it was originally built. And as I said, some of the graves in the Victorian part uh, are curbstones and they do have, or they were when they were buried, they were allowed to put flowers there. Do you want to apologise to Joanna? Because she's very, very upset. Of course we apologise for the un- misunderstanding she had, and we didn't want to upset her. But we did have to carry out the procedures laid down. And do you not think that you could have carried out in a, in a, in a more sensitive way? I think we did everything. We, we explained, or the director, funeral director, explained to her exactly what she was allowed to do and she wasn't allowed to she do. She was in grief, Adrian. You can't expect okay. someone to, in grief to, to look at five little rules. But there was other members of the family there as well. You would have thought somebody else would have helped her out over this period. It's there are, sad that they all left her to her own devices well, from what you're saying. Well, no, no, it's not sad. It, who, know, who knows? Who can judge a family on how they deal with grief, Adrian? No one can. No one knows what the situation is there. Uh, what about the Romany graves there that are covered in all flowers and plants and ornaments? They are... It, those graves have been purchased over many, many years... Uh, so it's okay for, for the Romany graves to be covered like well, that. When, and you say, you say that the other um, people who go to the graveyard may be jealous and think, well, hang on, if they've got that, why can't I have that? Why doesn't that apply to the Romany graves? Because they may have been purchased before the rules were changed. When were the rules changed? About, about ten years ago. Okay, so, so the I'm Romany... I'm guessing on that, about ten the years The Romany ago. graves were all bought before ten years ago, so it's okay for them to put whatever they want on their, grave, on their graves. And, and that doesn't present a health and safety issue for the workers. Well, they, we, our staff don't go anywhere near that corner. They do look after their graves themselves. They cut all the grass around the area. And we, we don't... The, the staff so supposing Joanna... So just supposing Joanna cut, cut the grass around her grave, would, would that change things? No, because no. she's right in the middle of a, a meadow plot. Oh, dear. So, she... There is a graveyard, and it it can be. A graveyard can be very unsafe places if you don't stick to rules and regulations. I'm sorry. A graveyard can be a very unsafe place if you don't stick to rules and regulations. Is this what we've come to? Is this what we've come to? Yes, there was some major incidents in London a few years ago where children died (sighs) playing on memorials. Children aren't going to die because she's got... She's not going to die because she's got a plant pot on her dead husband's grave, Adrian, are they? I, I could go on forever telling you the dangers of plant pots and etc. But Please, I'm not going to do g- that. Give me, give me three, give me three examples of the dangers of plant pots, N- etc. Because I can't think they, of any. Can't you trip hazards, trip oh. hazards, um, strain hazards, lifting hazards? Oh gosh. So, Yes, I know. That's why trip I said hazards. I didn't want to go through. Because it sounds because yes. it sounds ridiculous. A trip hazard. I know it sounds ridiculous. And why would any? Why would anyone always sound ridiculous? No, but no, it sounds ridiculous, Adrian. Because who's going to be walking on a grave anyway? 
A lot of older people walking. Oh, Adrian! It's all the way along there. They do. Um, so old. I, 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 do you know what? I suspect the only people, the, the, the people that are most definitely wouldn't be walking on graves, are the older people because they've got respect for for graves. Walking along there. But if it's um, on the grave, then no one's going to trip over it. Um, I don't know if you, you. I mean, to me, it sounds like you're just trying to uh, anarchy yourself, <laughs> trying to cause anarchy in graveyards. It's very, very sad hearing you going on the way that you do go on. Adrian, you are actually, you are actually breaking my heart that this is what we've come to. We'll leave it there, Adrian. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. It's Councillor Adrian Beardmore, Chair Chair of Kempston Joint Burials Committee. Can I just say for anybody out there, I'm not um, creating anarchy in graveyards. That's not my manifesto. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Two lanes are closed after an accident with queues on the approach. On the M1, London bound between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable. One lane is closed after a lorry broke down. Again, slow through that area. On the speed sensors in Mark Yate, the A5 Redbourne bound, queuing as you approach the Luton Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Go and have a look at the pictures on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr. I can understand rules and regulations. Of course I can. Um, are those pictures anarchic? Is that is that anarchy? Do those flowers in the pots really present a trip hazard? Go and have a look, then give me a call. 08459 555555. Let's get the news now with Simon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, an independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. Drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from 2500 under plans to increase fines issued by magistrates. And Bedford Widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission at Kempston Cemetery. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The FIFA president, Sepp Blatter, claims allegations surrounding the Qatar 2022 World Cup bid are motivated by racism. Football's world governing body will begin its annual congress later today in Brazil, as Richard Conway reports. With two days to go until the start of the World Cup, the expectation was that this annual jamboree of the game's executives would mark the start of a football carnival in Brazil. Instead, all the talk is of a tournament still some eight years away in Qatar. FIFA's president, Sepp Blatter, believes the allegations made against the Gulf state have a racial tone. But with unhappy sponsors and no decisions from an independent investigation likely now until October, many delegates here in Sao Paulo are longing for the World Cup to kick off, in the hope it will provide a distraction from an issue that has further damaged FIFA's already 
battered reputation. Milton Keynes Dons manager Carl Robinson says the club did everything they could to keep Stephen Gleeson. The midfielder has joined Championship side Birmingham after turning down a new contract at Stadium MK. Wickham Wanderers Trust hold a meeting at the club this evening to discuss the chairboy's financial situation. The Trust say a share scheme is vital to the club's future as a majority stake in the club has not been sold. At the Hockey World Cup, England's men scored a late penalty to beat Belgium 3-2 and reach Friday's semi-finals. And it's the final day in the latest round of matches in cricket's minor counties championship Buckinghamshire have already lost by nine wickets away to Cumberland at Luton Bedfordshire leads Suffolk by 56 runs with six second innings wickets standing and at Hartford Hertfordshire lead Cambridgeshire by 153 with six second innings wickets remaining BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at eight on FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Yep, just just to, to flag up the council, we checked back the tape, the councillor did say I was trying to create anarchy in graveyards. I'm not, I, honestly, anarchy in graveyards is, is one of the last things I would, I would like to promote. That's not my thing at all. Some flowers in some pots. Now, if you just heard that interview there with uh, with the councillor, I'm, I'm keen to get your thoughts. Was I being harsh? Was I being uh, uh, unnecessary? Or, or was the councillor being a little bit cold? I was surprised that he came out, maybe not guns a-blazing, but certainly pistols were drawn. I wait 459 455 555. Kevin's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. You, you, you just heard the interview of the councillor there. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, well, he's a bit of an idiot, isn't he? Well, um, in fairness, he's, he's not here. So let, let's kind of, let's back off a little I, bit. But, what, but why, why do you think that? Well, you know, he, he started off by saying, the, uh, you know, somebody signed the terms and conditions. I mean, he couldn't even, he couldn't even say who signed it. Um, he, he didn't know if it was a family member. He didn't say if Joanna signed it. Um... You know, I I happen to know Joanna. I was best mate of her late husband. Um, and the conversations I've had with her, you know, she said that if she would have known that she can't plant things there, she wouldn't have had him buried there in the first place. Kevin, um, can I play devil's advocate with you? And I'm really sorry for your loss. And if this gets too raw, because I know it's very recent, then, then say and I'll back off. OK. Uh, Joanna was handed a set of rules, the five rules. Okay. Should she not have followed those rules? Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit difficult when you see other, other graves up there look, you know, uh, have got things on look are maybe out of the ordinary. There, there are other graves up there that have got plants and flowers and everything. There are other graves up there that have got little borders, little fence bits around them. And, you know, I mean, he... he said he doesn't want people to look at Jay's grave and think, oh, we're not allowed that. You know, mm. but but that's that's what happens. People are looking at all these other graves that have got all these borders round and flowers on and thinking, yeah, well, you know, if it's all right for them, why is it not all right for us? If they're going to have a set of rules, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, in the last 10 years or Victorian times or mm. whether you died in the 16th century, it shouldn't make any difference. Rules should be rules and you should have one set of rules and that should be spread out across everybody. It shouldn't just be a case of, oh, well, you know, it's in the new bit, so you're not allowed it, or it's in the old bit. Oh, you can have it, because it just gives mixed signals. And, you know, the the end of the day, the point is, they should have got in touch with her and said, we've noticed you've put flowers on, we need to turf over it, can you move them? 
What, what would have been so difficult for them to get in touch, even give them warning? They didn't have anything. And, you know, if, if it would have been, it wasn't, it wasn't Joanna or Jay's mum that saw the grave as soon as it had been done. It was another family member. Now, if it would have been Joanna or Jay's mum that had gone up there and found it, it would have, that would have killed them. Mm. You know? Not even two months. And they, they, don't, they don't see that they're doing anything wrong by just doing this. And, all right, people are going to say, oh, well, you know, they should have read the rules and regulations, blah, blah, blah. They should have one set of rules and regulations. They should have got in touch with Joanna and said, this is what we're doing. You know, e- even if they got in touch and then just went and done it, at least Joanna then would have known. Yes, that's the th- one of the things that strikes me. Kevin, most of the um, <clears throat> comments on Facebook and the text have been in support and um, been saying that, you know, the, the council jobs worth, that kind of stuff. Can I just read you one text we've had from Sharon? This is, th- th- there are only a couple of people saying this. Ian, that lady is well out of order, complaining about the removal of clutter from the grave. She knew the rules and was chancing her luck. The cemetery where my parents are buried have the same rules, and for this reason, the cemetery always looks neat and tidy. That's from Sharon. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it, it depends what your class as cemeteries looking nice and tidy. I mean, a, piece, a, a, grave, a grave is somewhere where people are going to go for the rest of their lives to feel close to someone they've lost, okay? That's, that's the only thing some people have got, is just a grave, right? You've seen the pictures of Joanna's late husband's grave. It doesn't look... It doesn't look a mess, all right? Now, the, the councillor bloke was saying, oh, you know, we can't cut the grass, blah, blah, blah. They did cut the grass. They cut the grass when the first lot of flowers were put in that grave. So that is no excuse. People tripping over... People should have a bit more respect than walking over people's Pe- graves. That, that's one of the things I, w- I was taught at a very, very young age. Yeah. Oi, get off that grave! Yeah. Y- you don't walk on graves. Exactly. And if people want to be that disrespectful, <laughs> then I'm sorry. Well, they deserve to maybe trip over. It might teach them a lesson. Kevin, listen, uh, I really appreciate your call this morning. And I know that this is all still very fresh and very recent and you, you must still be hurting a lot. So I, I really thank you for your time. No worries. Take care, mate. Thank, thank you very much indeed. I've just been reminded of something. When the councillor said that I was promoting anarchy in graves, I've just remembered something. When we went and buried my dad's ashes up in um, Fife, I was told that my nan, and gra- my nan and granddad's ashes are buried there illegally. Oh. So perhaps in some ways I'm promoting... They, they weren't allowed to bury the ashes there. There's loads of family members are buried there. It's a nice little plot. And they weren't allowed to bury my nan and granddad's ashes there. So they kind of went for another funeral there. And when, then they all went waited for the councilman to go, and then they went back with a, with a little trowel, dug a hole, wow. and put my nan and granddad's urns in the hole. So, so do you know what? Maybe in some ways I am promoting anarchy in graveyards. Wow, it runs in the family, It obviously. does, doesn't it? Those rugbys, they're a naughty lot. Dave's in uh, Luton. Morning, Dave. Good morning, boss. Dave, listen, the front page of the Times. All schools must teach what it is to be British. I don't know what that means. Well, you've got to be taught British. Well, hang on. What does being taught British mean? Well, you've got to be taught the British way of life. OK, let's let's keep pushing this until we get an answer. What what does that mean? Well, you... Excuse me. Um, you're in Britain, aren't you? Yes. Well, you know the, the, the life and the society and the rules of this country, don't you? Well, could they, but pretend I don't. Explain them to me. 
Well, what is the what is the British what is what is it to be British? Well, the British way of life. Yes, it's a, it's a way the British people want to live their lives okay. in this country. What does that mean? Well, everyone else has got to do it coming into yeah, the country. Okay. Well, okay. Imagine, <laughs> imagine I'm a foreigner. I'm coming into this country. I meet you at the border. Heaven help me. And I still decide to stay. Oh, yeah. hello, Dave. What is British way of life, please? Right. You'd be. He's not a British person at that time because he's coming from another country, hasn't he? Yes, I come from country. What is British way of life, please, Dave? What is the British way of life? Of, well, they've got to learn it, haven't they? Well, tell I me, Dave, what is, what is British way of life? I don't know nothing about it. What is it? Well, then they've got to learn it. Tell me, Dave, what it no, is. I can't, no, I can't tell you on the but, radio now. But you're British, yeah? Days. No, we're at the airport. We're at the airport. But you're, you're, oh, are, God. Are you British, Dave? I'm British, yeah. What does that mean? Well, I'm a British citizen. I'm a, I'm right? born in this country. So, what what is British way of life? I hear so much about. Oh, dear, I pray. No, no. Hold on. Somebody comes into this country from another country, and they class themselves a British citizen. So they go and support England at the World Cup. Okay, I support but, England at World Cup. Am I British? Well, as long as you support British, England at the World Cup, so that's the only British. that's the only thing I got to do is support England at football. What about no, no, Scotland? No. no, you've got to, you've got to be British. I want to support Scotland. Well, you can't. You'd have to go out to Scotland and become a Scottish but, citizen. But Scotland is British still. No, it's not. In it? No. Yes. Scotland is a, no, Scotland isn't British. Scotland British. No, I Scotland see. I'm not. not I know, I'm foreign. I know more about Britain than you do, Dave. Oh, God, you don't. Scotland is British, and so is it's Welsh. Not. Welsh is it's British. Not. No, it's not. It is. Welsh is, Welsh is Welsh, Scottish is Scottish, Irish is Irish. And English is British. And British, English is Britain, yeah. But so are Wales is Britain as well, isn't it? No, it's not. You, if you, oh, dear. Can you put... Uh, should I talk to Catherine or Kelly? I'll get more sense. Dave. Oh, God. Where are you going now? Listen, Catherine. How do I break this to you, Dave? Oh, yeah, I know. Have you got a gun there? Oh, Catherine. Kelly. You tell him, Kelly. Kelly. Mm. Come on, Kelly. What's up, bro? Talk to me, Kelly. Hi, Dave. Tell him. All right, Kelly. Tell him. Tell him him about Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland. They're not British. What? Explain. Explain your your working out. Tell me why well, they're not British. Well, how can be Scottish people be British? Right, hang on a second, because we're running out of time. Let me just go through this. So, is Wales British? No. Is Northern Ireland British? No. Is Scotland British? No. Is England British? Yes. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. One lane is closed after an accident. Queues on the approach to Junction 22 for St Albans. Also got queues on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. The M1 London bound between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable. One lane is closed after a lorry's broken down. Slow going through that area at the moment. Also heavy on the M1 London bound between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much.
I'm, I'm, ge- I'm genuinely shocked and amazed. I'm genuinely shocked and amazed. Wow. Thank you, Dave Luton. 7.47, it's Tuesday the 10th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. A Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband graveside without her permission at Kempston Cemetery. And drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from 2500 under plans to increase fines issued by magistrates. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, a pleasant start to the day. A little bit of a fresher feel compared to the last few where it's been really quite humid and sticky. Today, it is still going to feel pleasant, just not quite as humid. The maximum temperature up to 22, maybe 23 Celsius later. There's a slim chance we may catch a shower possibly out towards northern parts of Bedfordshire later on this afternoon, but it is fairly unlikely for most of us. It should be a dry, warm and sunny day. Overnight tonight, clear spells, uh, less humid than last night, minimum temperature down to 12 Celsius, and for Wednesday it's more of the same. High pressure starts to take over our weather. It builds in tonight into tomorrow morning, and it stays put through to the weekend at least, so plenty of sunshine and temperatures staying in the low to mid-20s. And that's your forecast. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I like the community feel, the shops, the schooling. Inviting everyone to where you live. Just a lovely village to live in. The best thing, I think, is the community. And all this week, we're featuring Abbots Langley. I think Abbots Langley's very nice. Very nice. You've got the local flower society, the horticultural society, the football clubs, cricket team. There are some lovely walks around here, you know, the local parks. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Got everything there, all my infrastructure, all the families around here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I think that it's a vibrant village, that it still has an awful lot going for it. From BBC Three Counties Radio. So, uh, what started as... um, Well, this question hasn't gone the way I thought it would. The front page of the Times, all schools must teach what it is to be British. I don't know what that means. What does it mean to be British? I thought we'd get a few jingoistic calls. Uh, It turns out, according to Dave Luton, you have to support England... Dave doesn't even know what Britain is. Well, you have to be English, according to Dave. To be British. To be British. But you can't... If you're None of your Scots nonsense. None the, of your Welshness. The Scots have got at least another hundred days of being British. Possibly possibly another hundred years. We just don't know. The, Dave has shocked me. Yeah, I think... Uh, there are visitors to this country. There are people coming to this country who know more about Britain than Dave does. I think we might need to send a letter to Dave's parents. Okay, <laughs> I think we should do that. 08459 555. Can someone tell me what it is to be British? James is in Luton. Morning, James. Good morning, how are you? I'm, I'm shocked and saddened, but apart from that, I'm on top of the world. Fantastic. And Ian, I was just trying to find out what accent that was when you were uh, coming in at Luton Airport with your uh, fantastic accent, what country you were actually coming from. <laughs> It was fo- it was foreign. <laughs> okay. Would you would you it, like to have a guess? Uh, I, I would guess it, it started fairly Italian, then it almost went a little bit Mexican, then ended up fairly Chinesey. I was a I was a French Chinese man. Yes. 
Oh, right, OK. I, no, had, uh, um, I lived in China for um, uh, many years, but uh, I then claimed French citizenship. I lived in France for the last 20 years, uh, working um, uh, as uh, an industrial site manager, and then I'm moving <laughs> to Britain for the work opportunities. You had it down to a tee. It was Thank, fantastic. I'm glad you got it, James. Thank, can you <laughs> believe that Dave doesn't know that Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland are British? It's a difficult question to answer, to be honest, that one. But uh, I, I sort of I understood where you're coming from. Where you know, if you come to this country, you have to support England during the World Cup. I, I do understand. What where does it mean? From. What does it mean to be British? I don't. I don't I, understand this. What? What? We, we must teach kids what it is to be British. I don't know what that means. I wouldn't want to try and answer that. It's a to tough be one, isn't it? It is a very tough one. Yes, James. Thank you very much. Does it? Does it mean that you like queuing and you, um, you know, you eat fish and chips and you watch EastEnders? Is that it? Tutting, tut, simmering resentment disguised as politeness. L- little bit of um, you know inherent racism, possibly. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Hey, now here's a cracking story. We all danced around the office in glee. Yesterday, when we heard this, a policeman of 22 years was astounded to hear back from a clubber who was abusive and aggressive towards officers after having a little bit too much pop. The 29-year-old had recorded a video of the incident outside the forum in Hatfield. We're joined now by Sergeant Chris Thomas. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. So what, what was the incident? What, what had this young man done? He'd been to the four nightclub uh, along with a lot of other people that night and uh, consumed too much alcohol. Um, he was asked to leave. It was as simple as that. And he got a bit gobby with you and your, your colleagues, did he? Well, he'd been abusive with the staff to start with. Right. So, uh, one of my PCs, Joe Clapham, went over to speak to him and, and asked him to leave, obviously, to assist the uh, staff there. And what, how did this, this gentleman react? Um, fine at first. He was, he was quite calm to start with. He was with his girlfriend. She was quite calm as well. So uh, he then started getting a little bit abusive. So we, we decided we'd uh, evoke Section 27, the Violent Crime Reduction Act, which means we can remove him from the area, which yeah. we did. Uh, we put him in a police van. Uh, again, at this point, he was a little aggressive, but not, not too bad. Um, it was really on the journey back that he started to get uh, out of hand and started kicking off in the van. Now, when you say kicking off, do, do you mean uh, bad language or was he getting uh, physically aggressive? Uh, not, not particularly bad language. Uh, more, more, we put him in a cage, which is in the back of the van, to transport him for his safety as well as ours. And it was that point he started smashing out of the van um, and the cage. It's, it's very strong, so there's no way he was going to get out of that. Yeah. But uh, he pulled his camera out at that point, his, uh, the camera on his phone, and started filming us. And then did he? Sp- I'm assuming he spent the night in the cell. Is that right? No, 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 no. He, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't aggressive to that sort of oh, extent. Okay. What, okay. We, what we were trying to do really was was help him out as well. We we don't want to uh, lock everyone up um, if if we can help it. So on this occasion, we were just taking him back home. Uh, he started filming us, and uh, when we got got him near his home address, uh, we we got him out of the van, and he stuck the f- his his camera in my face. Uh, filming me and uh, making sort of veiled threats, really, at that point. And then at some point, either later that night or the next morning, he watched back the video. I'm guessing that's what he must have done, because uh, when I got to work, I was really quite surprised. There was uh, a log uh, on our our computer showing that he'd phoned in to apologise. Oh, man. Uh, I love that. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, I say that that's the first time I, I've had that happen in 22 years. I'm quite surprised that he actually phoned up, but, uh, yeah, quite amusing, really. What, did, did, you know what, did you know what he said at all? Was he just a sorry for being an idiot? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he spoke to the control room staff, so I, I never actually spoke to him myself. But, uh, yeah, he, he apologised for, for uh, filming for his general behaviour. And how did, that, how did that make you feel? As a copper of 22 years, what, what, was, what was your thoughts about that? Well, just pleasantly surprised, really. Um, it, let's say it's unusual for someone someone to do that. No, normally, we get no thanks from uh, people when we remove them when they're when they're under the influence of alcohol. So, uh, yeah, just uh, pleasantly surprised. And really. do you think, has, has that changed your opinion of him? Um, yeah, I mean, at least he's uh, you know he's he's been shall I say man enough to own up and uh, and, and apologise for his actions, which is uh, you know it, it is quite nice. Apologising when you've done wrong is one of the, the the toughest lessons I've had to learn as I get older, and uh, it, it is a, it is a tough thing to do. He could have just let that let, let that slide and thought oh, I've been an idiot, but uh, it must have been tricky for him to pick up that phone and make that phone call. Yeah, I guess so, but uh, he's obviously looked at whatever he's yeah. filmed and realised that um, perhaps uh, it wasn't the right thing to do, and uh, obviously in the cold light of day, um, reality's hit him. So, you know, as I said, it was pleasantly surprising. You must be owed quite a few apologies over 22 years. <laughs> well, no, no, no doubt I am, but uh, as I said, that, that's the first one I've had, so... Um yeah. Chris, listen, keep up the good work, and I really appreciate you coming on this morning. I, I love this story, and, you know, yes, he was a plum, but, but you know, there's, there's kind of a little happy ending at the end of it. So thank you very Absolutely. much for sharing that. No, pro- no problem, thank there, you. There we go, Sergeant Chris, uh, Chris Thomas. I love that. I think that's a cracking story. Imagine, well, <laughs> imagine that. You're filming it, you're all full of yourself, and then you watch it back. Let's watch back last night when I taught those coppers. Oh, my God, I look like an idiot. Oh, my God, what have I done? Excellent story. Thank you, uh, Chris, for that. Love it. 08459 555555. Some texts here on uh, Dave Luton. Dave called in to explain uh, what it is to be British. He didn't do very well. Dave thinks Scotland is not British? Blimey. Someone tell Alex Salmon he could have saved millions of pounds by not having a referendum because they're not British anyway. Marion and Hemel. And Tony says, is Dave Luton a British value? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and we got some Facebook comments on the uh, bra- uh, the grave. If you want to go and see the picture of this this grave that was uh, there for a couple of months, and the widow Joanna had uh, she planted some flowers on the, the top of the grave. I think she, even she may admit that was perhaps a little bit unnecessary. But she also had some pl- lovely looking plants and flowers in uh, pots on the grave. Colour, colour, colourful, bright. Go to the Facebook page and have a look. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR uh, and have your comment. There's not that many people agreeing with what the council did. We spoke to, to the councillor in charge of graves and, um, well, he, he didn't come in with all guns are blazing, but he certainly had his pistols drawn. He, 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 he wasn't apologetic. He accused me of trying to create anarchy in graveyards. <laughs> uh, Gary, the machine driver, says, Mr Health and Safety gone mad. Is this bloke for real? I'm shouting at the radio. What a twit, says Lee on the M1. Don't worry, Catherine, I, I, I know the limits now, after being sacked from three radio stations. Gary, the machine driver, this man is a typical Jobsworth. He doesn't have a heart. Mr. Perfect, wait till someone he knows dies. Well, OK. Um, wow, must be a really slow news day. Too long on the graveyard story, says Phil. Um, Leslie and Watford, here we go, here's one in support. Why don't you try mowing a big graveyard? Um, it's not my job. When you've got to, to move vases, pot plants, fencing, statues, etc. Or don't mow and see how long before the complaints alleging neglect roll in. 
You could get a strimmer. You could get a strimmer to do around the fiddly bits. That's what strimmers are for, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. So, actually, yeah, I'll have a go at it. And they'd already done it while all the stuff was on there, so... But people might trip over the um, pots that are on the grave because, as you know, people are constantly running across graves. That's how it happens. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. One lane is closed after an accident. Recovery work going on there now. Queues are on the approach back to Junction 22 for St Albans. Also got queues on the anti-clockwise M25 between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. The M1 London bound still heavy going on the sensors between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. And the A1M southbound, very slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Public transport, that's all looking good. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Alice. Coming up, can someone tell me, please, what it is to be British? We've got to teach it in all of our schools. I've got no idea. But we like to moan about the weather. Is that it? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Luton MP says town shouldn't be included in Birmingham extremism row. Bedfordshire Council defends graveyard policy and man jailed for raping woman alone in her office. BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. But Luton South MP Gavin Shuka says the situation at Olive Tree is very different to the crisis in Birmingham. Clearly they were asked to go in and do an inspection but for some reason they've decided to release this report at the same time as this furore around Birmingham schools. The, the set of issues here are different um, and so what I wouldn't want is this to be used as an excuse once again to accuse Luton of being a home to extremism. A grieving widow from Bedford has criticised the treatment of her late husband's grave by the council. Flowers, vases and other personal items were moved without her permission at Kempston Cemetery and the grave turfed over just months after he was buried following a battle with cancer. Councillor Adrian Beardmore told and the family had agreed to the burial conditions. The rules must be adhered to completely. If we are allowed and we have experiences if we allow any long period where we allow the graves to be made up then it is practically impossible to set the graveyards up as it should be so i think two months to allow all the funeral flowers to to die off is is being sympathetic fines issued by magistrates for many offenses could be quadrupled under new proposals drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of ten thousand pounds up from two and a half thousand a man who raped a woman when she was alone in her Luton office at Christmas has been jailed for 10 years. Addison Breeday tricked his way into the building the day after Boxing Day by claiming he'd lost his phone and asking to use one in the office. More from Gail Sanderson. Luton Crown Court heard how Breeday dragged the 22-year-old woman into
into a back room and raped her three times. He then handed himself in at Luton Police Station. He was already on bail following a rape allegation in Portsmouth, which was later dropped. He was jailed for 10 years and then will be on extended licence for four years. The court heard how the assault left the woman traumatised. Both she and her boyfriend have since suffered panic attacks. A teenager will appear before Wickham magistrates this morning charged with witness intimidation in relation relation to a shooting in Lucas Wood in the town last month. 18-year-old Hamza Hussain of Gibbs Close has been charged following an incident at the Eden Centre last week. In sport, corruption allegations surrounding the 2022 World Cup in Qatar will be discussed at the FIFA Congress in the Brazilian city of Sao Paulo this afternoon. The weather dry and sunny, feeling fresher and less humid, a maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There is a friendliness around here. I've never really come across anybody who hasn't passed the time of day. And all this week, we're featuring Abbott Langley. It's nice living in the countryside. Nice little village. It's all about where you live. Walking round the village, you know, there's some lovely little areas around here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, that was a fun hour, wasn't it? That was a fun hour. Lots coming up in the last hour of the show before Tim at nine o'clock, including Ofsted Slams, Islamic School in Luton. Widow hits back after grave clearance in Kempston. And what does it mean to be British? Can someone tell me, please? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, an independent Islamic school in Luton has been criticised in a damning Ofsted report into the way it teaches children. According to the report, books in their children's library at the Olive Tree Primary School promoted fundamentalist views which do not support the pupils' development for life in modern Britain. The school denies this and has refused to speak to BBC Three Counties Radio because of an interview we did last time that they took uh, umbrage at. But they did speak last night to Look East. We completely reject it. We believe it's actually an Islamophobic report based upon a right-wing extremist, Michael Gove, whose ignorance of Islam is matched only by his hostility. So there is no need, as far as you're concerned, to to look at what Ofsted say and and address the the findings in the report? We we, we totally reject the report and we're taking legal advice about our next action. Yeah, what what do you think that next action could be? It may be a judicial review, but we're still waiting for uh, legal counsel. That's Governor Farisat Latif being interviewed by the BBC's Neil Bradford last night. Well, the local MP, Gavin Shuka, said the timing of the report was unfortunate. For some reason, they've decided to release this report at the same time as this furore around Birmingham schools. The, the set of issues here are different. Um, and so what I wouldn't want is this to be used as an excuse once again to accuse Luton of being a home to extremism. That isn't what the report showed, and it certainly isn't our experience of living in the town. Well, we can speak now to Sahib Blair, who lives in Milton Keynes and is from the Islamic Party of Britain. Good morning, Sahib. Good morning. What do you think uh, of the Ofsted report? Has it been fair? 
Um, well, there are points in there which I think uh, haven't been mentioned much. Uh, some were buried in the pages. Uh, it says that children at the school are happy, they feel safe, there's no bullying, they like their teachers, they uh, pass their year six exams with respectable results, and they learn a foreign language and do exceedingly well in it. Now, uh, if I listen to that, I think, well, this is a school uh, that's doing extremely well, and, and they must be getting something right. Uh, I think the focus has been entirely wrong. But it doesn't exclude it. That, that, yes, it may be getting some things right, uh, and whether they like the teachers or not is kind of irrelevant, I would suggest. Uh, but, but it would also, the report also implies they are doing several things quite wrong. Well, it, it isn't irrelevant when you look up and down the country where there are schools that are failing their pupils. Well, no, but you can like... These sort of schools were set up in the first place. Sahib, you, you can like your teacher, and, and, and yeah. the, 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 you know, your teacher can still be a plum. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. What about the aspects in the Ofsted report that are more critical of the school? Uh, yeah, yes, I mean, there is, there is two, two major criticisms. And, and I must say, I mean, if you, if you come into a school with the explicit purpose not to provide constructive criticism, but to find a fault, you will find it. Um, uh, they say, uh, firstly, that there are books in the library that are not appropriate. Uh, what they don't tell, of course, is that these were reference books for teachers, not to be given to children. Some of these books promote stoning as a punishment, and some books which said parents should beat children who failed to pray after the age of ten. Which, uh, what do you think about those? Uh, no, let, let, let's, let's uh, not emotionalise the Well, no, these, they, no, these are not no, emotional. These yes, are facts. No, 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 the, the, no, the book no, said... Because, the, because, Sahib, the book said... Uh, the, the, the report says there were some yes. books which promoted stoning as a punishment, and some books which said parents should beat children who what, failed to pray after the age of ten. What, what are your what thoughts I'm, on those? What I'm trying to distinguish here, these are not books that children read. These are books that teachers have the, access to. I, exactly. So, so is it appropriate for the teachers to be reading well, these kind of things? it's appropriate for teachers to read uh, far and widely, because children at the age of 10 and 11, for example, which you have at the school, have free access to the internet, where they come across all kinds of ideas. Also on the news, they hear about stoning. On the news, they hear about capital punishment. What? So why would... Now, why? they will challenge their teachers and say, okay. uh, uh, what do you think about this? And uh, how about that? And, and what would the teachers' what would the teachers' response teacher. be? Did, would the teachers say that it's inappropriate to beat children if they don't pray after the age of 10? Well, well I think the teachers are there to mediate and say these opinions exist, but there is a context to them. These may have been expressed at a time that, okay. that is different from ours. So should uh, the te- if, 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 I, if, if a 10-year-old pupil uh, um, asks a teacher in this school, uh, is it appropriate that uh, parents should beat children who fail to pray after the age of 10, the, the, the te- you're hoping the teacher would say, no, it's, that's inappropriate and that should never happen? teacher would say this is not the way we want to encourage people to pray because they start disliking the religion. The way we encourage people to pray is like this and like that. Of course the teacher will, will, will uh, not say, yes, that's exactly what we do, this is how it is. Um, th- do you condone that behaviour, Sahib? Sorry? Do you condone that behaviour of beating children who fail to pray after the age of ten? Uh, no, I don't. Um, uh, but but this, is, this is really not the issue. The issue here is should teachers have access to literature they may not agree with? Should teachers have access to a wide range of literature? Should teachers be well informed in order to be able to deal with children's queries? Do you agree with, with, uh, with uh, stoning as a punishment? 
uh, it, it's really not a question of do I agree with anything. It's a question of whether these these texts are out there. And well, no, because it, it, it is important because if you're, it, it, it's, I would suggest that stoning as a punishment is barbaric and is outdated and is is, is inappropriate. And it would be interesting uh, to know. We had the recent case of of, of Sudan and, and yes. punishment for apostasy, which which is a bit more closer to what's recently happened. And and I have made it very clear when when asked that that. Uh, uh, here you have a state that is not upholding Islam itself, that takes backhanders, that uh, yeah. operates an interest-based banking system, wanting to punish individuals for what they think. Yeah. And, and, and people haven't understood that some of these rulings have nothing to do with personal belief. No. Uh, the apostasy but, ruling is about uh, the same as we have desertion from the army at a time of war. So they should because be stoned. The state also... Hang on a second. Well, I just try to get to the point, Sahib. The state also uh, uh, was actually a state... So should they be stoned and 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 uh, uh, well if if an american soldier deserts the army in afghanistan he gets court martialed so should they be stoned yes or no or not in his heart so should they be stoned no they shouldn't okay i would hope sahib i would i would hope (laughs) (laughs) we're having a laugh about stoning which is weird uh, it is i would i would i would hope that if my children ever went to any school that all of their teachers would without a shadow of a doubt without a moment's hesitation say hey in some parts of the world people get stoned to death for for being adulterous or for stealing or for whatever uh, and i think that that's completely inappropriate yeah, i would yeah, i would yeah, hope yeah, a ch- teacher yeah, would say I agree that with you. let's not go off on one offset i'm not without needing a textbook to explain that Ofsted never said that the teachers held any unacceptable views. Ofsted didn't say that teaching in class was wrong. Ofsted didn't say that children were being radicalized. To the contrary, they actually said that wasn't the case. Ofsted said two things. They said that there were books in the library that they found unacceptable, and there was not Why would a primary school teacher need... religions coming into the school. Now, I think this whole concept of that we should censor books, that we should limit... But why would a primary... Sahib, why would a primary school school teacher need a book about stoning to know that it's wrong. A teacher needs to be familiar with everything that is being hey, said about a subject. Guess a what? I know that stoning is wrong. Why do I need to... A... ...is capable of actually working through information without being taken in. I mean, we teach the Second World War. We want to know what Stalin and Hitler said so we understand why they had supporters and how it could go so badly wrong. We don't want to be censored and told, you mustn't ever read what they said. You must just believe that it was all bad and people were blindfolded. This is not how politics works. This is not how religion works. The real world out there, these opinions exist. They cannot be challenged if you pretend they don't exist and if you're not even allowed to encounter them. So teachers must be well prepared because these children, as I said, they have access to the internet. If, if they know they're not meant to read something, they go on purpose and read I, it. I don't know many eight-year-olds that would uh, YouTube stoning videos, to be honest. But So you're saying that you, you, you hope that the teachers no, had... There are, there are, there are fanatical clerics who say this should be done. Okay, uh, so you're hoping, Sahib, that these teachers had these books that promoted stoning and, and promoted these, you know, beating children at the age of ten if they didn't pray. You are hoping that they had these books so that they could then present the children with the fact that the, these behaviours are wrong and inappropriate. Uh, uh, by the way, do not promote stoning. These books are, are uh, books that talk about scholarly opinion of the past. They tell you this. The, the, the direct quote from the Ofsted report is that. the direct quote from the Ofsted report is there were some books which promoted stoning as a punishment. Well, so, I think are you hoping? A misrepresentation of the book itself. They gave the title, and this is a misrepresentation. Just because some pope in the past said something that we don't find acceptable doesn't mean we shouldn't be able to read about it. And a book meant okay. promotes those okay. views. So, you're hoping uh, that those teachers. Uh, Islamic scholars 
difficult. You're hoping those teachers would be uh, promoting the fact that, that stoning and beating children is, is wrong. Well, of course, those That's children great. shouldn't <laughs> go around and promote stoning or beating. OK, so the, so, so the teachers, but the, the but teachers would be actively saying... They did. Would the teachers actively be saying that those things are wrong? Yes, they would, and, and that's they great. Do. But but here Ofsted goes and says teachers should not have access to certain. I mean, the point the point that is valid that of course there should maybe have been a better separation between the children's library and the reference library. Those books were out of reach for children, but they were not. The the, the, the libraries weren't physically separated. So, Sahi, so do maybe you think there is a point to be made here? Do you but, think Ofsted but, is out to get Islamic schools? I think Ofsted is currently on a witch hunt, and I tell you why because the political climate is such that UKIP. Is is gaining ground. We have an election coming up, and UKIP has two key, uh, um, uh, well, well, campaigning uh, issues: out of Europe and immigrants out of of the UK. Now, the other parties don't want to go and fight UKIP uh, on on we are even tougher on Europe because they are pro-European. So all that's left is we are tougher on immigration. So you have to kind of create a scenario of a Trojan horse. The name is a repulsive, a fifth column, you know. These Muslims who have lived here for generations without a problem, you know, all of a sudden they are all the enemy. Within. Well, this is the situation in Birmingham. It is, it is a very different set of circumstances to that here in Luton. But, but, but there is concern, isn't it? Secular state schools effectively being converted to faith schools without oversight. That, that can't be right, can it? No, no, I don't think this is the issue in Birmingham, and the schools there deny it. Uh, well, they, they, they would deny it, but that, that's well, what yes, the reports yes. have, have uh, uncovered. I have, I have in the past, I've worked in education for many years. I have had to take Ofsted to court in a forest school in Sheffield, a Muslim school, and we won the case, because when Ofsted goes uh, and, and wants to fail a school, they will find a way of doing it. But if they're, they're actually inspection, I've compared the reports for the Luton school uh, from the past inspection and this inspection. The school did everything they were asked in the past. They improved uh, from, uh, and they had a good report then, but they improved on all the criticisms that were made. Now, now Ofsted should go and help a school improve. Ofsted should not go and condemn a school, because now the school has to put all its resources into fighting this misrepresentation of what they're doing. Those resources are much better spent on providing good education for children. I think it is really taking us down uh, a, a, a wrong direction, because education is in turmoil. Here is a school that knowing that these children would be put at the back of a class in some other schools, they would be bullied, they would be discriminated against. Okay. Here's a school that's trying to make a good provision for them. Okay, so we, we have to, I'm sorry to cut you short, sir, I hope before you got your point across, we're, we are a little bit late for the, the travel, so apologies there, uh, but I appreciate um, you, you, you putting your point forward. That's uh, Sahib Blair, uh, who is from the Islamic Party of Britain. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. There was an earlier accident and it's very slow on the approach to Junction 22 for St Albans. Also got queues on the anti-clockwise M25 between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. The M1 London bound, a heavy going between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. And on the speed sensors in Clophill, all approaches to the Clophill roundabout looking congested at the moment. We've also had a call from Mark in Bedford. The A421, as you head towards the M1, very slow approaching Marsh, Marsh Lays roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 
Right, it's 8.17, it's Tuesday the 10th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. A Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission at Kempston Cemetery. And drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from £2,500 under plans to increase fines issued by magistrates. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni. Gardeners wanting to rid their spring flower beds of snails can ditch the beer traps and eggshells and instead develop a strong throwing arm instead. Weekdays from three. I don't think there's any ethical dilemma about throwing them as opposed to killing them. It's clearly better to throw them. Hertfordshire police are warning drivers to take extra precautions with their vehicles following a rise in the number of cars stolen using specialised hacking equipment. Two-thirds of teachers say poor writing has prevented them giving the marks a student truly deserves. Roberto Peroni. I do the animal stories. I also do the space stories, apparently. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. The room smells fragrant, and it's not because of you, Tim. You're a little bit stinky. <laughs> Thank no, you very much. and I say that with respect. Well, OK. Not much respect. I said with no, disrespect. No, disrespect, in fact. But you've given yep. me a, a, a little birthday present yeah, in a well, Christmas bag. Absolutely, in a, in a little Santa bag. I forgot to say happy birthday yesterday, so uh, yesterday evening I went round the garden and I picked you some fresh herbs uh, for your birthday. I love uh, the There's sage in there, there's the uh, bay leaves in there, and there's mint. Be careful with the mint, though, because where the mint grows, the dog goes. Aye, so you have to wash aye. the mint quite thoroughly uh, I'll, before using I'll it. I'll wash it in a nice cup of boiling water and then drink it. Paul Scoynes... Paul's birthday present, Kath, Paul's birthday present for me was... was well, I thought was it was it? an intriguing way of getting around doing anything. He's got me a curry. Well, he... Uh, well... Well, he went and bought the ingredients for curry and gave it to him in a bag. And printed off the, the cooking instructions. And then he said, oh, you still need to buy a few more things. He didn't even buy all the ingredients for this cook-it-yourself no, curry. It's no, it's upstairs. You go and have a look. It's a bag up there. You'll have a little look and it's, see. There's no, it's no meat involved. It's really weird. Are you st- you're still off the, the meat, aren't you? I'm on the meat. You're on the meat? I, uh, I cut it back Did it have a meat. face on it? Then shove it in my mouth, baby. I love that stuff. <laughs> I will eat anything, anything. I had um, b- um, uh, microwave... All the animals. All we the animals. Microwaveable barbecue the ribs the other day. Oh, we had a double yeah. meat sandwich yesterday. Oh. Dragged me into his tawdry Sausage habits. and bacon. Double meat. Have you tried one of the pizzas with the sausage that goes around the... Oh, yeah. you're joking me. That exists. Yeah. All of this new food technology All that didn't exist things. 25 years ago is go. out there. Welcome to modern Britain. I tell you what I love. My favourite, favourite thing. Big Macs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I know they're squeaky. They're squeaky they are, meat. They are squeaky. squeaky Although meats. I've only just learnt they were called Big Macs. I, was called, I, w- I would go in there and go, can I have the double burger, please? Oh. Can I have the double burger? Do you eat the gherkin? No, no, no. Oh, don't. save me the gherkin. Hold the pickle. <gasps> I've got all the phrases. I don't know, but all these restaurants, these, these like McDonald's and Burger Kings and Hold stuff. Hold the what? Hold the pickle. No. Sorry? Good. All of these restaurants, I don't know their, I don't know their systems. And so yeah. they say, do you want to make that into a meal? I don't no, know. You're right, it is really confusing. I don't know, I want, <laughs> I want this, this and this. That's okay? how they don't have to say, do you want fries with that? Cause I, think I say, I'll have a burger, I'll have the double burger, I'll have the chips and I'll have one of those lovely milkshakes. Do you want to make that into a meal? I don't, do I? What's cheapest? I'll have that. Okay. 
but that's oh, thanks very much. See you later. The phone lines open at night. Oh, yeah. oh sorry, you've got your show, haven't you? So I do a part. I thought you just popped in for a chat. No, well, it is nice to have a chat, isn't it? And that's uh, why we do this. Uh, yes, indeed. What have um, you got? Well, what do you think Michael Gove means when he says schools should promote British values? Oh, I guess. Which we thought, should we do speeding? Should we do Michael Gove? It's a tricky one because no one seems to have any idea what on earth British values this are. This is the front page of the Times. All schools must teach what it is to be British. I don't know what that means. I don't means. know what that means. No. Uh, and also Rick Mail on the front page is sad, isn't it? Um, but, uh, well, I've started trying to make a list. Uh, I'm going to be asking uh, the three counties listeners to do the same. I expect one or two will. Other people are going, I can't bother. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I've got two nephews. Uh, one is three and one is one and a bit. That's I very think, British. I think. Yeah. I can't quite remember. And I've been thinking about what I want them to learn at school. And I've made a short list. Yeah. I want them to learn to respect other people. It's nice. Uh, I want them to learn... Well, the that's, bo- not, that's not very British. Respect. Well, well, maybe. Boys and girls are equal. Oh, to learn that. I want them to learn that it's okay for men to love men and for women to love women. Oh, That's something else. Dear uh, I want them to learn that all religions are equally as relevant or irrelevant oh, as each other, dear. and that not everyone needs or wants religion. Oh. Uh, I want them to respect the countryside. Blooming liberal uh, lefty BBC agenda. And I want them to be kind to uh, to animals. Oh, for goodness' sakes! Eat them. But I, d- I don't know. Well, yeah, kind until, until the point that you eat them. Uh, and so I don't know if, if these are uniquely British or if they're un-British but I would like to hear from you uh, uh, what do you think Michael Gove means when he says schools should promote British values? Queuing tutting, road rage oh. and casual racism. Oh. There's your four. Oh. There's, that's the holy trinity oh. plus one. Yeah. Well, the phone lines are open for oh. you. I very much look forward to hearing your calls. 08459 four two fives and then three fives. You said the number in a funny way. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you can give us a call, I mean, we've sent, we've sent Ben out to ask about this, haven't we? Yes, we have. What, um, we must, all schools must teach what it is to be British. I don't know what I that means. Ben's a fine example of uh, British tolerance, isn't he? Because the way he wears his hair, the way he is, very mild-mannered. He had his hair cut like ages ago and he looked really smart and now he doesn't. Oh. Yeah, but he looks like Ben. I could draw a picture of Ben. I couldn't draw a picture of anybody else. I could draw a picture of Ben and it would be recognisable. You know why? Because he looks like a Quentin Blake drawing. He does, doesn't he? I'm going to draw a picture of... uh, Let me me speak to Glenn while I find a pen. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. I'm just going to draw a picture of Ben. Right. And while I'm talking to you, what have you got for me, boss? Well, it's... um, I'd like to know if you could find out... Yeah, go on. who Who is responsible for switching on the wind turbines Ooh. and changing the direction that they face. Oh. I travel past the ones in Northampton you mentioned a few weeks ago. Yeah. And everyone is working bar one. And yeah. I'd like to know why that one isn't on. And do they, they don't change direction, do they? They do, yes. They turn around to face the, the wind. Do they really? I never knew yes. that. Yes, they do, yes. So there must be somewhere... Uh, a controller of wind turbines. Well, I'd like to know where it is, if you could find out. Uh, well, well, we'll certainly put it out there. Have you have you ever been in a wind turbine? No, no, no. I'd love to go in a wind turbine. I don't think I could make it to the top. Really? No, I, 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 halfway up, I think I'd have to turn back. Glenn, listen, we'll find that out for you. Thank you very much. Sorry if I'm sounding a bit distracted. I've done my picture. I've done my picture, Kath. Can I borrow your pen? All right. You, okay, take that to Catherine. I'm not going to show... I'll, I'll show you mine when you show me yours, okay. okay? We're drawing pictures of Ben. We'll put them on Facebook. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Roger's in Letchworth. Morning, Roger. Good morning. Good morning, Roger. What does it mean to be British? 
Oh, I'm going to make a lot of enemies here. Oh, good. Two as you know, like to be an agent provocateur. Oh, sexy. That's the, pan, the posh pant shop, isn't it? It is. I sound foreign already. Yes. Two things, in my experience, which could nowadays describe Englishness. Yeah. Living in past glories, 1966, for example. 1944, 1966, yep. Correct. Um, as opposed to living in the present. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good one, yes. And a somehow instinctive distrust stroke... I won't, yeah, I won't go as far as dislike. That's probably too strong of anybody whose first language isn't English. Yeah. With, an expectation, with the expectation that they will speak it. Yeah. You're, you are spot on with that. You, you, you know, why don't, they, why don't they speak in English? Because we're in a foreign country, you plum. That's why. Those yeah, are both... Ex- es gibt ein ganzes Welt. Yeah, das ist sehr gut. Das ist sehr gut. Entschuldigung, Sie, Roger. Wie komme ich am besten zum Bahnhof, bitte? Um, ah. Gerade aus, links. Oh. <laughs> Straight down and left? OK, fine. That's, yeah, yes, yeah. That's, that's the limit. Roger, thank you very much. Those are excellent suggestions. Excellent suggestions. Uh, 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 um, temptation to hang on to former glories, past glories. We do that all the time, don't we? And a distrust, a dislike, certainly a distrust of people whose uh, first language isn't English. Excellent suggestions, Roger. Thank you. We've, um, uh, where has that gone? Um, we had Dave, Dave Luton was on earlier on. He, I asked him what it was to be British. He said, well, it's, it's British values. What does that mean? Well, it's being British. What does that mean? Well, supporting England in the World Cup. We established that Dave Luton doesn't think that um, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales are part of Britain. But England is British, Scotland isn't. Well, in literally 100 days' time, Scotland may not be British. It will be. But it is British at the moment. Caroline uh, in bed has said, Ian, I'm a childminder. I've just asked a 10-year-old the same question you asked Dave. He answered the same way Dave did and didn't think the Scots were British. Thing is, he wasn't even sure if people who lived in England were British. Dave may not be alone. Yeah, but that boy's 10, Caroline. Dave's got to be pushing 70, hasn't he? How's your picture going, Kath? Just finishing the hair. <laughs> Careful, I need. I do need that pen. She's do you want to see up. it? I think I'm done. Right, you ready? One, three, two, one. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> they're both very, very different, but they're both recognisable as our Benjamin. Yours looks like Cat Weasel. Your, well, yours looks like um, uh, uh, Phil Spector when he had that big wig on. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It looks like Al Pacino as Phil Spector in court. Oh dear, we do have a laugh. Don't we, we do have a laugh, we bullying do. members of staff, do. don't we? It's his fault for having that hair on. Yeah, exactly. What am I doing with these? Yeah, whatever you want. It's a private joke, isn't Just it? Really? Leave it. Yeah, or, or tweet, tweet it. it. Tweet it. Tweet might, it. Might as well do something with it. People who like wasting time are on Twitter, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll love a bit of that. Oh, wait, 459 four double five five double five, Or you can email us your pictures of Ben, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley, there was an earlier accident and still very slow through that area and on the approach with delays starting around Junction 22 for St Albans. 
Also got queues between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. On the speed sensors in Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing as you head towards the M25. And we had a call from Mark in Bedford on the A421 as you head towards the M1. Things very slow approaching Marsh Lays roundabout, looking much heavier than normal there on the speed sensors. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. A Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission at Kempston Cemetery. And drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from 2500 under plans to increase fines issued by magistrates. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. FIFA President Sepp Blatter claims allegations surrounding the Qatar 2022 World Cup bid are motivated by racism. Football's world governing body will begin its annual congress later today in Brazil. Meanwhile, England's players are continuing their preparations for Saturday's opener against Italy. Here's Hertfordshire's Jack Wilshire. It's two good teams, you know, two good tactical teams as well who... You know, like to keep the ball. They've got Pirlo and players like that. We've got Gerard and you know players who like to keep the ball and want the ball. You know, we've got to manage the game. You know, it's a, it's 90 minutes in, in tough conditions. So if it's nil nil in 70 minutes, you know, we've got to keep going because we know they're going to tie and we just got to keep, keep, keep going and hopefully we can get goal. Milton Keynes Dons manager Cole Robinson says the club did everything they could to keep Stephen Gleeson. The midfielder has joined Championship side Birmingham after turning down a new contract at Stadium MK. Wickham Wanderers Trust hold a meeting at the club this evening to discuss the chairboy's financial situation. The Trust say a share scheme is vital to the club's future as a majority stake in the club has not been sold. At the Hockey World Cup, England's men scored a late penalty to beat Belgium 3-2 and reach Friday's semi-finals. And it's the final day in the latest round of matches in Cricket's Minor Counties Championship at Luton. Bedfordshire leads Suffolk by 56 runs with six second innings wickets standing. At Hartford, Hertfordshire lead Cambridgeshire by 153 with six second innings wickets standing. But Buckinghamshire have already lost by nine wickets away to Cumberland. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. That was the wrong button. Hang on, let me, let me, I can do this. There, there we go. That's it. 08459. That's it. 455555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oops, you're, uh, the old, uh, cars have automatically kicked into us now. And I'll be honest, you, you've kicked in for, for very, very little reason. We, we, we have no content at this part of the show. Uh, last 30 minutes of the show, if you want to give me a call, you're more than welcome to 08459 555. What are we talking about? Well, there seem to be two things that have caught your imagination. The first one is the front page of the Times. All schools must teach what it is to be British. Except I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means to be British. I've got no idea. 08459 455 555. How would you define being British? Our first caller, Dave Luton, struggled. He didn't even think Scotland was British. Huh? He's a grown man. The other thing we're talking about, this um, uh, is a graveyard, or a grave in a graveyard, where the widow 
has uh, had all of the flowers and the pot plants and all the things she put on the grave removed. Her husband died a couple of months ago. Uh, she put these things up there and they were removed and she wasn't told about it. We spoke to the councillor responsible for graves in that area and he said, well, hang on, she was handed a list of five rules. If we don't follow those rules, there will be anarchy. I'm paraphrasing, but the word anarchy was actually used. Have a look at the picture on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR, and then give us a call and let me know your thoughts. 08459 455 555. Maybe you don't need to look at the pictures. Maybe you think, maybe you think that graveyards should just be plain, boring, bits of green, with a headstone, wallop, that's it. What are you doing? Giving your pen back. Oh, nice one, thanks. Oh. You still owe me mine. Is that, is that what that was? That was a dig? Maybe a little that was a dig because I bought. That was a dig, Colin, because I borrowed a pen off her ages ago, and I'm not giving it back. Oh, it's a good pen. Oh, right, yeah. you see. I'm one of those. I'm a pen borrower and a never give a backer. Oh, yeah, I know those. It's yeah. a good. It's a good pen, though, Colin. Well, that's it. What? So. Yeah. Um. Huh? What do you want me to talk about? Well, I don't know. What'd you call in for? Um, I've forgotten. Oh. Do you want to talk about pens? Uh, no, I want to talk about um, this graveyard thing. Have you been smoking pot? No. Have you been drinking Buckfast? No. Have you been drinking cough medicine? No. Have you uh, eaten a very, very large meal? No. Have you just woken up? No. Have you bumped yourself on the head? No. Have you had a little sneaky snifter of whiskey? No. Have you just had a lovely relaxing massage? I wish, no. A steam? Sorry? A steam? A steam? A steam? What's a steam? A steam? Eh? A steam? Oh dear, the record's stuck. Have you just had a steam? What is a steam? Have you just had a steam? I don't know, because I don't know what it is. Ah, maybe we found it then. Could you have had a steam? I don't know. Maybe I could. Could you? Maybe. I don't know. Have you had a foot spa? No. We're back to a steam. A steam's the most likely candidate, if you don't know if you've had it. <laughs> you right? <laughs> oh, dear. Did you have um, some Reiki? No. Again, we're back to a steam, aren't we? Well, maybe we, maybe I did. Did you have those candles in your ear? No. Meditation? No. Steam? Don't know. Did you do the Pilates? Definitely not. A steam? Don't know. Must be a steam. Must be a steam. I can't think of anything else that could have made you sound so uh, relaxed, man, and laid back. Must oh, be a steam. I'm always, I'm always relaxed. A steam? A steam is like a sauna. Oh. So have you had a steam? No. Oh. No. Oh. Just been sitting here listening to you oh. and checking emails and oh. things like that. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> mm. oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Bit like that today. Lovely weather, isn't it? Isn't it just beautiful? Oh, that's what we were going to talk about, wasn't it? Being English. Oh, no. A British Thank you. Um, I don't know. Thanks very much for calling. Naveed's in Aylesbury. Good morning, Naveed. Hi, good morning. 
What uh, What would you like to talk? Oh, you've called in about being British. Uh, well, I just want to talk about this thing that you're talking about, uh, what it is to be British. Yeah, go on. I am, I'm an immigrant myself. I am from Pakistan. Oh, whereabouts in Pakistan? I've been Lahore, from Lahore. I've been to Lahore. Yeah, okay. I love Lahore. I, I spent long. I spent two weeks in Lahore and uh, three months in Karachi. Okay. Beautiful country. Anyway, go on. Yeah, so I moved to uh, UK about uh, four or five years ago. Well, I just want to tell uh, your listeners that uh, there's a book published by Home Office. Oh. The, the book is called Life in UK. So every non-EU uh, immigrant has to pass uh, a test that is called Life in UK Test. Yes. And you have to read that book in order to pass that. So I just want to tell your listeners that if you don't know what it is to be a British, just read that book. So are you, are you British now, Naveed? Uh, no, I'm not. You've not taken the citizenship? No, I haven't yet. Are you, are you planning to? Yes. How, so I'm assuming you've read the book, have you? Uh, I haven't yet, but my wife has passed that test. Oh, well, congratulations. Do you know what this... Yes, my brother-in-law is uh, from New Zealand, and you've just reminded me, he's passed the test. He had to read the book. But it's full of, like, weird stuff, um, like... um, Oh, I can't think of any examples. It's it's, it's all about, like, Churchill and beer and things like that, and buses. Yes, mostly it's like that. It's mostly about history and... uh uh, parks and um, how how you live, <laughs> how you drive. And yeah, it's it's really strange, and there's stuff in there that I didn't know. My my uh, New Zealand, probably your wife as well, knows more about being British than I do. Yes, basically, uh, uh, I have uh, shown that book to my colleagues in my office. I am a software developer, so I have shown that book to my colleagues in office, and uh, none of them has passed. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> Hey, listen, um, queuing must be a shock for you coming from Pakistan because you guys over there, you don't even know the meaning of the word. Uh, well, that is that is right. But before moving to uh, UK, I lived in Denmark for about two years. Oh, OK. But <laughs> what queuing is. Yes, because in Pakistan, man, that, the, the queue is, is, is such an alien. Naveed, would you like me to just, um, just remind you of home for just 20 seconds? Yeah. OK, here we go. <clears throat> Perdesi, perdesi, jana na hai Mujhe chole ke, mujhe chole ke How's that? Yeah, that was very good. David, it's always my pleasure. It's always my pleasure. For just 20 seconds to, to remind you of your beautiful... I love Pakistan. Was that filthy? Do I need to um, do a form? No, that's not filthy. Okay. No, no! <laughs> Snuck that one in. I only counted to ten, don't worry. Dennis is in Dunstable. Morning, Dennis. Good morning to you. And uh, I believe the, um, uh, the, uh, if I were to order fish fingers in Pakistan, I'd have to ask for Muchi Ungli. Would you? Yep. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but then they're not British, are they? What, uh, Pakistanis or fish fingers? No, fish fingers. Okay. Dennis... I've never found any fish with fingers on round here. But I'm dumped. Sorry? But I'm dumped. I'm... What are you on about? Are you eating? I'm halfway through my breakfast. Is yet. it a sausage? No, I don't. I don't eat meat in the morning. <laughs> Why not, Dennis? I love a sausage first thing in the morning. Oh, dear God. No. Oh, as soon as I'm awake, get a sausage in my mouth. Yes, but the trouble is, like, sausages, like those um things you, you said you like coming from McDonald's, what? right? Yes, but not, but not it, McDonald's, because yeah, they... Not, not the highly litigious it, McDonald's, it, you mean any no, other fast no, food outlet? No, it is 
it's meat. Yeah. Right? They say it's beef, but then beef in a bull is from its nose ring to its rectum. Well, from ring to and ring, then, yes. And probably you're eating more rectum than nose. Beautiful. And it, doesn't it taste delicious? I don't know. I wouldn't touch sweet, it with a Sweet, sweet, sweet meat. Anyway, that's not that's beside the point. That well, is beside the point. Graves. Yes. Graves. yes. On to the, on, Dennis, Dennis. Yes. On to the grave issue of graves. Yeah, that's right. Yeah? Yeah? I'm sorry that that lady had to suffer like that. I think that the chap who was you were questioning, he was obeying the rules of the council. He didn't make the rules, he was obeying the rules. And the rules said that you could, for, for two months, yes, you can have flowers on, but then they die. And a lot of people don't have to go back again. And as for then turfing it over, what did you see all those graves during this business in, in France this last week? How, how more could they be looked after than that to be honoured that they'd been they'd been buried and they were buried in a nice area all smooth and everything you don't need flowers you don't need a lump of rock you don't need names no names yes because a lot of them are on they don't know the names but dennis a a war grave is slightly different to a woman who's burying her dead husband who had a horrific battle with cancer can i can i be a bit uh harder now this lady must have know. known that her husband was dying. He was very, very ill. Yeah. That is the time to arrange the funeral. No. And somewhere to go. No, just a minute, somewhere to go. Well, because I'm nearer to this than a lot of you people, right? Yes. And so I've already instructed my family that when I go, I want to be cremated. You can do what the hell you like with the ashes. Oh, we're going to give them away as a competition on BBC Three Counties right. Radio. Yeah, put that's what we're doing. Yeah, put them in an egg timer and make me work. There we go. But, but, Deni- but Dennis, I, but Dennis, when, when you're... for the living. Yes, OK. W- whatever that means. But, but, but when, you're, when your partner is dying... Yes. You don't go home from the hospital and think, oh, gosh, right now, so now he's dying, I should probably sort out the... Right. Fun- you don't think like that. Don't you're caught you? up in... I did. When? When my when my mother was dying, um, yeah, okay. Well, may may I? Su- I mean, this fellow was thirty eight, which is no age. And may I suggest n- some people might think like that, and you obviously did, but not everyone does. And and, and maybe it's different when it's parents because we kind of it's the natural order of thing, isn't it? We bury our parents. Yeah, well, that's what my kids are doing, lining up to get rid of me. Have you got any money, Dennis? No, uh, no, 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 because they've got to do it. I've looked at the I've looked at the. Uh, Law, not the law, but my will. You wouldn't be able to do it yourself, because no. Because we've made wills. Yes. They are obliged to Good. bury it. In my will, Dennis, yeah. right, I'm going to have put in my will that my kids can inherit all of my wealth, and I'm worth literally not very much at all. They can have it all, yeah. but they have to spend the night in a haunted house. Well, that's all right. That's for them. Yeah. They, do you think you're going to come back again? No. But no, f- further to this business, yes. I, I've told my children, yeah. I want to be cremated. You can do what you like with the ashes. I do not want a rock on me with a name on. No. I want them to remember me. If they forget me, then fine. Dennis, there's literally no chance of forgetting you. Who was that? <laughs> Seriously, people don't do that anymore. It always used to be the plot of the monkeys or Scooby-Doo or films in the 70s. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, you've, we read the will. He's left his million-pound estate to you. Fantastic. But you have to spend the night in a haunted house. Not enough capers these days. There's no capers. You don't plan it well enough. I want some capers. I'm hoping that I will be able to um, meticulously plan my death so that I can do the famous last words at the end. Yeah. And it will be, the treasure's in the... And then I'll go... Exactly. But in real life... Death doesn't work out quite as I'm neatly, gonna does do it? That. I mean, you know that you can do that thing where you can like, get emails sent to your, your wife and your kids after you're dead? 
I'm going to do that. Don't. No, I'm going to do it. It's, nice. no, it's a nice thing to do, like on their birthday and stuff. Like on my boy's 18th birthday. I'm a nice do... shock. No, I'm going to do that. But they're going to say, I'm, I'm still alive. I'm being held prisoner. Come <gasps> and help me. <laughs> you should do one saying, I'm watching you. Yeah, exactly. Got to do that. She's got the idea. I knew, I know when you're naughty. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm still alive. Come and rescue me, please. Help, help! There'll just be one on their 21st birthday. Help! Do you like a voice? You know, we can set a voice one. A cassette! The internet is already scary enough for that kind of thing. You don't need to set it up. Oh, boy, oh, boy. 08459 455 555. How should I punish my children after I die? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had updates from Mark and James. In Bedford, the A421, this is actually heading towards the Black Cat roundabout. Very slow on that stretch. Also, as you head into Kempston, the road is at a complete standstill at the moment. On the speed sensors in Hartford, the A414, very heavy from the A10 heading towards the centre of town. The A1M southbound also really struggling around Junction 7 for Stevenage. In Kings Langley, the A41 queuing towards the M25 and the M25 itself anti-clockwise queues between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, it's 8.46. It's Tuesday the 10th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent Muslim school in Luton is considering taking legal action over a critical Ofsted report. Inspectors found that the teaching at the Olive Tree Primary in Berry Park did not present balanced views of the world. A Bedford widow says she should have been contacted before items were moved from her late husband's graveside without her permission at Kempston Cemetery. And drivers caught speeding on motorways could face a penalty of £10,000, up from 2500 under plans to increase fines issued by magistrates. Last 14 minutes of the show, give us a call on uh, Graves and being British, 08459 455 555, and maybe we'll speak after the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, a beautiful start to the day. In fact, a beautiful day full stop. The temperature outside at the moment already up at 16 Celsius and it's going to get warmer. Now, it's not going to feel quite as humid or sticky as it has done for the last few days. A bit of a fresher feel. Maximum temperature, however, still up to 22, maybe 23 Celsius later on this afternoon and feeling pleasant in the sunshine. Nice end to the day, evening sunshine. Once it sets, dry with clear spells. Temperature's down to 12 Celsius, but again, a more bearable night as the temperature uh, slightly less humid than the last few nights. For tomorrow, it's a repeat performance. High pressure builds overnight tonight into tomorrow and stays basically until the weekend. So plenty of blue sky sunshine and temperatures in the low to mid-20s. That's your forecast. Imagine a radio station with no music. What's your favourite biscuit? Imagine a programme without conversation. Listen to me, I'm really important. Imagine an afternoon with no local stories. Hundreds of miles away, something really impressive is happening. Sounds pretty boring. Mm. 
which is why we have Nick Coffer. BBC Three Counties Radio, Nick Coffer, here until three o'clock. Every weekday, he'll bring you the music. Gallagher and Lyle, I want to stay with you. Every breath you take, that's the police. The conversation. His dedication to local musicians has led him to starting Papermouth. And the local stories. Today, we're going to be looking at the work of the Bedford and Milton Keynes Waterways Trust. Say no to boring afternoons and listen to Nick Coffer. Weekdays from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, my respect, boss, yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. What's that? What was that? You just um. Whoa, Kelly's got. She's looked like a she's World grooving. War Two bomber. She is grooving. She's getting my groove onto that trail. All right, nice one. What were you just whispering in my ear? Pictures of Ben are now on Facebook. Who's if Ben? Ben is our reporter. And oh, he's he's he substitute Matt, who will substitute Justin. Yes, sure. And he'll be checking in with us in the next few minutes. If anybody wants to draw their own pictures of Ben and upload them to our Facebook site, they are more than welcome. I'm, that's, I'm sure that's going to uh, take off. So expect the internet to be a little bit slow today. Yeah. If We're you gonna want break to it. know what he looks like, there are pictures that you both have drawn yeah. of him on there. Hey, exciting news this week. What? I'm here tomorrow. That's not exciting. No, 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 no. It gets exciting. I'm not here Thursday and Friday. Oh, that is exciting. Well, that's rude. No, that's not the exciting. For you, that's not the exciting bit. No, for you is exciting. Do you know who's sitting in for me? Uh, Safraz. No. James Whale. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Roberto. No. Nick. No. Um, <clears throat> You right, Kath? You right? Yeah, fine. Catherine knows who's sitting in for me. Yeah. Give us a clue. You! Yay! <laughs> Boyley's hosting the show! Oh, so sorry I can only, in advance. I can only apologise. Yeah. For, it, this it's, is the best news ever, it, apart from you being here. That's I used to do it all the time, but I can't remember which is the button you press to start with. Are you a bit rusty? Yep. <laughs> I might need some oiling. I can help. I can help with your desking. Can well, you? Scoins is producing. Oh, uh, Catherine's oh. presenting. What could possibly go wrong? No, it's going to be excellent. It's going to be ex- It's going to be adequate at least. Don't do that face. What? That's You're the... doing the excellent face. You're doing the Rick Mail face. <laughs> oh no, that's my natural face setting. I tell you what. I, I whenever you whenever you're a presenter and you go away, you always want someone worse than you to fill in because you don't want to come back and people go, oh yeah, that other bloke was really really good. So I'm a little bit worried about you doing oh, it. Oh shut up. You're not I don't. At all. No, because people love you. People hate me. People love you. Um... So I don't want any fancy tricks. I don't want any big cash giveaways. I don't want you you know flashing your knickers or anything I like that. I might just be really nice. No, don't do that. Be your real self. <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm, I'm going to be listening to it. Yeah, well, we'll see if you've got a different producer by Monday. <laughs> I think it's exciting. Oh, wait for, it's exciting. Thursday and Friday, Catherine will be presenting the show. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Oh, and on a side note, Paul Scoynes will be producing. Yeah. Okay, so he'll be answering the phone some of the times. <gasps> so, would you do me a favour? Th- this is for you, dear listener. On Thursdays and Fridays, if you could phone up between six and nine, oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. And if a man's voice answers, that's Paul Scoynes, right? What you do is you say nothing. Actually say nothing. Say abs- Just keep silent. Stay on the line. And then put the phone down. Yeah? That's, it's, it's a little game we play and it will drive him absolutely nuts. It's called Goad Yourself a Scoynes. <laughs> Goad Yourself a Scoynes. Anne's in Bushy. Morning, Anne. Good morning, Anne. That's exciting that Catherine's going to be presenting, isn't it? 
Yes, it is, because oh. I remember the uh, show she used to do. She used to do it in the evening about five, half past five. Oh, yeah. And she did it forever. And she always had this bloke called Sean phone in. And he was always forever whinging about older people. That's good that she remember that. You, I'll, I'll ask her. Anne, uh, yes. uh, 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 Catherine, Anne's called in. She remembers you doing a show, uh, like, forever. Yeah. It was about half past five. Yeah. And you always had sh- a bloke called Sean, oh, yeah, Sean. phoning in, was whinging about older people. Sean, Sean, you moaned about old people. Yeah, yeah, I remember him well. I hope okay. Sean might, well, she, yeah, Sean might call in on Thursday well, and Friday. It was ages ago, so now he might be an older person. He might yeah. not be moaning anymore. I, I, I said to you one night, I said, maybe he's not going to get old because he doesn't shut up. He could be dead. He people. could be dead. It's possible. Oh, yeah. An old person could have murdered him. <laughs> Anyhow, what if, now, Ian, yes. don't laugh because of my Irish accent. Oh. Right, so I've been here since 1956 I came to this country. Blimey. And the one thing I detest is these people from other countries who do not queue. Yep. Oh, yeah, that disgusts me. Oh, hang on, some British people don't queue either. Yeah, but they're the ones who were never brought up to do that sort yes, of thing. Yes, yes. And the one thing that I absolutely... Two things I hate. If they've been in this country long enough, you speak English. Yes, well... Yes? Yes. Uh, like the man you had on here at, well, about ten minutes ago, his English was very good, actually. Yeah, we, it was good, wasn't he? The Pakistani fellow, yeah. understand him. And most importantly, whether they're in Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, or England, if their nationality has been sung, which I resent that it's never sung anymore. Yes. So, therefore, people stand properly for the nationality and have respect for it, even if they don't like it. I was listening to a great documentary on Radio 4 the other day. Well, the first half hour was good, and then it got boring. But they, it was about old radio and what they used to do in the 30s. And, of course, they would close the radio and later the television down at night by playing the national anthem. That's and I right. remember when they used to do it in cinemas as well. Yes, I'd be, up, I'd be up for bringing that back. I'd be well, up when we finish here at... What, what time does this station close? Like, four or something? For playing the... Na- in the afternoon, playing the national anthem. Well, this is something I keep saying because you used to also do it at football, and like you said, at the at the cinema and everything else. Yep. And plus the fact, I would also make sure if your children are born and reared in this country, every child in school should be taught the national anthem. I get so so cross. Oh, it makes me, and it makes me weep uh, tears of blood. And thank you very much indeed, uh, Ben. Hello, Ben. Have you seen the pictures that we've done of you? No. What pictures? Catherine and I have drawn some pi- drawn portraits of you. Oh, oh, good. They're on Twitter and Facebook. Okay. No, they're good. No, yeah. we're not, we're not, no, they're good. I think I've got quite a caricaturish face. Exactly. My, exactly. My, my fiance says I've got a face like someone off Guess Who. <laughs> Has he got a beard? Yes. Has he got glasses? Is it Ben? Yeah. Uh, even those uh, those fellows who sit in Leicester Square um, offering to do <laughs> portraits for t- twenty quid that are rubbish could do you justice. Now, Ben, yes. we've been told that we all schools must teach what it is to be British. I don't know what that means, Ben. Neither do I, no. and uh, I'm not sure the people on the streets of Luton do either, but oh. a few people had a good guess. Let's have a listen. What is British nowadays? Mm. Mm, well, look around you. Mm. This is Luton, isn't it? Is it British? I don't think so. Well, I, I've noticed from your accent. Do I'm you, Scottish. Yeah, yeah do I'm you, Scottish. Do you consider yourself here, Scottish or British? Oh, Scottish. Mm. Well, well, England's been good to me. Mm. I've been here 43 years. And when there was a recession in Scotland, I made my living here and stayed here. So, yeah, it's been good to me, but it's changed. Mm. It has changed over the years now, definitely. I don't think it... There's no British enemy. 
Would you be able to kind of define what being British is? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, everything's changed now, isn't it, really? And, um, I mean, it's supposed to be a multicultural now, so it's not as British as British, it's just living together in the best way you can, really, isn't it? Um, and be good, be kind to each other, really, basically. Hey. Can you define what British is? What? What, do, what does being British mean? I don't know, I'm Scottish. Yeah? Do you not classify yourself as being British then? No. No? I'm Scottish. What, what, why, out of interest, why not? I'm Scottish. Yeah? Born and bred. Mm. But being British is being part of Great Britain, which includes Scotland. No, but Scotland. I don't want to be part of England or anything. Mm? I'm Scottish. That's my nationality, that's it. Um, British is like being like passionate. It's like, uh, like England. England's like amazing. So I just love it. I can see you being particularly patriotic. You've got your, your England shorts on, ready yeah. for the World Cup. It's, it's being British, kind of celebrating and, and getting everyone getting behind. Yeah, you know, definitely, think, definitely. Yeah? You've got to get behind England mm. this year. Michael Gove is saying that he wants schools to teach more British values. Would you? kind of be in favour of that? What, what, what's your opinion on that? No, every school needs to learn every different culture, so when kids grow up, they can learn about different cultures by going on a day and stuff like that, so I, don't, I think I'm against that, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I call myself British and I'm proud, uh, but when I look around and I see the value of British is going down the drain, I think the government, he's not doing much about it. And also, I feel that everybody have, you know, they believe in their rights, but they shouldn't try to put it on England and also try to, you know, force people to become what they want to become. Uh, Michael Gove has said he wants schools to promote more British values. Exactly, I agree with that. I agree with 110%. This is England and we should live the British life. Well, there you go. Uh, Tim will be carrying on this conversation a little later. Ben, excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. And Even... Dave Luton, <clears throat> apologies. It seems you were right. Yeah, the Scottish fella um, was not British. No. Kelly makes a good point. If he doesn't want anything to do with England, why is he in England? <laughs> you know, that always strikes me uh, as an odd. Uh, Kelly Catherine, thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. What's she doing? She's just having a stretch. For goodness sakes, this is neither the time nor the place. You're out, we're having a weird stretch. What? Leave me alone, I can do what I like. No, you can't. Look. <sighs> Ooh. Ooh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bedford, the A421 heading towards the Black Cat roundabout, very slow still on the speed sensors. Also had a call from James, and as you head into Kempston from the A421, very slow there. On the speed sensors at the Kidneywood roundabout, London Road heavy going as you head towards the motorway. And also at the Park Street roundabout on the speed sensors, all approaches looking very congested at the moment. The A1M southbound still heavy going around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Just had a message from Paul Scoynes. He wholeheartedly backs the idea of you calling up Thursday and Friday while he's producing, uh, you're not saying anything, and then putting the phone down 30 seconds later. Tim's up next. I'll be back tomorrow at 6. Until then, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Yes, good morning, thank you, Ian. It's the JVS Show, Tim Wheeler, standing in for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. At nine, it's the big phone-in, and I'm